Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. As always, a Strap Crap production. We are here for episode number 154 on Monday, November the 18th, 2019. Here to start your week off right by romping you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy diddy. Quinn, we're counting down towards Thanksgiving here. We're going to be talking turkey. Yep, we always talk turkey on this show. We talk about the turkey, and we also talk, of course, about the world of retro wrestling. We have some great topics in store for you. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you guys, if you have a Twitter, you can follow us there at OVP Podcast. We have a lot of videos that we've been posting. Lots of videos. Especially uh, with it being Survivor Series season. Oh, yeah. Lots of stuff going on there. It's Survivor Series season, which means there's a lot of teams being posted. Things things from Survivor Series that involve dusters. um, Just (laughs) lots of goofy stuff. Lots of turkey. Yeah, there's some turkey. I mean, the gorilla, you know, you know how <laughs> he is. have that turkey! <laughs> Gravy sauce! You know how he is every week. Uh, also, if you use email still, some people still do, Right, uh, you can do that. We have one of those. We have a box, and it's uh, at OV, well, it's ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place if people want to talk to you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is not on MySpace, but where is it? It's over at Facebook.com slash strap. It's yes. a fantastic, super awesome website Facebook. where you can get all the straps you want. Yes. Um, and you can talk about turkey and wrestling, of course. All those things. And you know how you do that. No, I don't. Well, there's a search bar on this strappy site. Okay, sure, yeah. And you type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast. Right. Bang, boom, tubes, gore, kaflui. Right, okay. I remembered. <laughs> See? Kaflui. Kaflui, you did. Kaflui. Very good. Very good, very good. Very good. The operator's standing by, they let you in, and you're in. Right. And then what happens there, Quinn? Well, you can talk about pretty much anything. You know, keep it obviously wrestling. We try to be positive. You know, sometimes we talk about other things as well. Yeah, a little retro, a little current. We, right. we try to do a, a mix a mix of the current stuff, and especially the retro. Right. And one of our hallmarks, as we've tried to do here, is to be positive. Meaning, not necessarily positive about wrestling. If you don't like something, you don't like it. Positive about the interaction with each other. Meaning, we don't tear each other down we for don't, disagreeing. We do not do that crap. We don't do that crap it really is a fun time. If you want to just talk about weird, random stuff, you know, that's one of the specialties there. Just bringing up these random details, right. asking questions the to the board. The minutia, really, of pro wrestling. Minutia, yes. It's a very representative of what we do here on OVP, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. So check it out. Also, if you like OVP, let's say you've been listening to the show for a while, and you're like, man... I wish there was more than just this Monday show. If you want more than this, we got it. We do have it. And it's over at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. It's not some get rich quick type of scheme we're trying to run. We're not trying to rip you guys off. We just have a lot of extra content for the people that want it. And it's very, it's very simple. It's only three tiers, $2, $3, or $5. You get all sorts of stuff for any of those amounts of money. Yeah. Any of those amounts of money and the price you're paying. Yep is very little, and the content you're getting is very much. That's very much so. So check out patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate. 
But Quinn, all season long, what we've been doing is somewhat of a happy celebration of those that are not at the top of the card, mm-hmm. those that were not at the bottom of the right. card. Yes. Now, they were in the middle of the card. We're talking about the people that, you know, maybe they had a main event match or two or a short push. It happens sometimes. It happens. But overall, we're talking about your Tito Santanas, right? Right. We talked about your Davy Boy Smiths. Mm-hmm. Last week, we talked about Mark Marrow, Johnny B. Bad. And this is all part of our OVP salute. To the mid card. Now, Quinn, this was my pick this week. Finally. Uh-huh. Finally, yeah. I picked one. Finally. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Jacques Rougeau is who we're talking about Jacques. here. Jacques. Yeah. <laughs> Jacques Rougeau. Yeah, Jacques. The Mountie. The Mountie. Uh, obviously, most uh, new generation, or I guess post Hulkamania. What era is that? It's Hulkamania. I don't know. I think a lot of people remember him as the Mountie mo- more than probably. Anything. Not as the guy with, hi, I'm Ray. Like the- <laughs> with Ray, yeah. yeah. So, Jacques Rougeau uh, is from a wrestling family. The Rougeau family. Uh, his dad, Jacques Rougeau Sr. You know, they say that, but most people never saw the Rougeau wrestling. They'd be like, the historic Rougeau family. Like, who? <laughs> like, I've never even well, seen them wrestle. Well, I mean, yeah, it's true. But he was from that family. There was a Jacques Rougeau Sr. And Stasiak is simply helpless. And Jacques is just keeping on hammering away. There was Johnny Rougeau. Eh bien, bonsoir, Johnny. Bonsoir, Henri. Okay. And Ray Rougeau, I don't obviously. Know any of those people. Well, other you know Ray. Ray. Yeah. Hi, how are you? Yeah, uh, he still works there. In my opinion, Jacques is one of the funniest, <laughs> maybe most overlooked characters of like the late 80s into the 90s. He's a real piece of work. He uh, is awesome. Uh, he really, every single thing he does is for a laugh. Yeah, in the ring. and like, he's still good too as a wrestler. Yeah, no, he's a, he's pretty good. Like as far as like an athlete's concerned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't really highlight his athletic prowess after he wore the Mountie trunks. Yeah, post Rougeau's, he didn't really care anymore. Right, about he could, that. he probably could until like remember when the Quebecers came back and they had tights on. Don't bring that up. That's when they were like, <laughs> oh, we're athletic again. We'll talk about yeah. that. Uh, so a very brief overview of Jacques Rougeau. He started wrestling. He's another one of those that started wrestling young. I think he was seventeen when he started. Well, if you're in a family like that, you know. <laughs> You know, Brett is in a family, too, and he you know, I wrestled when I was eight. You know, I used to wrestle when I was four. I used to beat up my brother, uh, Dean. Anyway, but as far as uh, Jacques Rougeau, he actually wrestled, believe it or not, for Stampede for a little while. Of course he did. (laughs) And, uh, and, um, Mr. Hito. Notoriety-wise, it would be the Rougeau brothers team that first brought them some, and that would be in 1986 when they came to the WWF, and initially... They were not fabulous. They were just the Rougeau brothers. Yeah, they had um, nondescript tights, you know. If I recall, they also had, like, bathrobes on. Like, they, like, <laughs> I was like, who are these people? And I they just were, got out of the top. Yeah, they, they're, like, very annoying as faces when they first come because they're just, there's nothing to them. Like, Jock is wrestlers acting, like, special or funny no, or no, anything. No, no, no. They're literally just wrestlers and a very good team. I'm not going to lie. They're right. good in the ring. They're basically, like, another Killer Bees and stuff yep. like that, like, at the yep. time. And they kind of got lost uh, in the shuffle, so to speak. I mean, they had some good stuff, Heart Foundation, people like that. But really, it was not until the spring of 1988, and the fans weren't cheering them much anyway. They were right. like mediocre. Kinda, they were kind of heels just by being by who they facto, were. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why? So they had a feud with the Killer Bees, which is where the Rougeos turned heel. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Fabulous came into being. Right. Now and they're so, fabulous. So Jimmy Hart decides to join them after, you know, the Hart Foundation went south. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and, literally. And the Rougeos themselves go south because they relocate to Memphis, which from, they had hyped, remember? From Montreal to <laughs> Memphis. They're, 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 it's in the song. It's <laughs> they they move down there. And yeah. Now they're American. 
Yeah, they have the tiny flags. They have tiny. I mean, they are proud to be American. Because after all, these guys are the, the fabulous Rougeau brothers. They have some great heel work. You know, Quinn and I have been watching uh, the pay-per-view stuff, and that included WrestleFest 88. They opened that show. They also opened SummerSlam 88. And man, are they funny. They really are funny. The genius of the gimmick is that they can chant USA and get booed. Right. That's the genius of the gimmick, because there were so many guys in that time period. Especially Duggan, right? Yeah, Duggan and, you know, even Hulk. Even Hogan, sure. Because when he's fighting somebody like Iron Sheik or Mm -hmm. anybody not American. Nikolai Volkov. Nikolai Volkov, everyone's USA, yeah, yeah. USA. So then there's stupid jock out there on the, on the apron. He's, got, USA! He's, he's, he's guiding a USA chant. Everyone's like booing him. Yeah, it's, it's, so good. it's brilliant. And then he would also just have these dumb chants like, go Raymond! And like yeah. His Jacques Rougeau's high-pitched voice is so funny when he yells stuff. By default, his voice is funny. Now, I also think another overlooked part of this whole fabulous gimmick. Yeah. Is that they're like fabulous, right? But in a way where they're like, they're fabulous in their own eyes, but they're super lame. Oh, like, yeah. For example, in their song, they don't <laughs> like heavy metal. They don't like rock and roll. No, no. And all they like to listen to is Barry Manilow. Because they're all American boys. Right. You know? And that's nobody at that time period <laughs> no. was like clamoring for Barry Manilow. He's like from the 70s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Uh, they are. They were just very good heels, and they last until the beginning of '90. They kind of sign off at Royal Rumble '90. Ray kind of retires. Actually, Jacques is gone for about a year. Right. And is there any reason for Ray? Was he injured? Do, do you know what happened to him? I don't know offhand. I don't he know. Just if, went to announcing, and that was it. I don't know if it was mounting injuries, but I'll tell you one thing: Jacques did. Is he mounted up uh, to become a member, of course, in kayfabe of the Canadian Royal Mounted Police Quinn in the end of 1990? And again, what was great about this is that he just Jimmy Hart resumed being his manager yeah, yeah that's a good part and, right and also jimmy hart now also wearing like mounty hat gear mounty coat and everything yeah it's amazing and so this at first if i recall he's like straight up a mounty yeah like, it's serious it's serious right yes but then like the actual mounties got mad about it and like sued yeah so so the first step of that what was, is that like well they didn't like the way their actual police force was being portrayed as a bad guy yeah, but they, they act like the big boss man's a cop all the time. You don't see, like, American cops suing WF for big boss man. Like, good, good point. It's bullshit. And the thing with the Mountie is, when he, yeah, when he debuted, the first few months, it was more of, like, a serious gimmick. He was a crooked Mountie. Like, he was a crooked right. cop. Let's take you now to the Mountie, Jacques Rougeau. Officer, Whoa. officer, I'm lost. I'm looking for the United States. Officer, I'm not an officer. I'm the Mountie. Then, the best part, though, is that he debuts his new song at some point, which is the I'm the Mountie song, which is what everyone remembers. Because remember the initial song was like, or whatever? It's not good. It's awful. It's actually like a bad theme song, and it's supposed to make you like, ugh. Like, you're just bored when it comes out. Right, exactly. But the I'm the Mountie song was the one that everyone remembers. Right. And of course, his most famous thing he ever did as a Mountie was his feud with who else but the big boss man? Right down to like red versus blue. Right. It's like perfect. They so, have the same pants. Yeah. So a couple the months same pants. before all of this also is the Mountie was really going to town with his shocker thing. This shock stick. Yeah. With um, a dubbed in theme. Or yeah. Effect, they they, they I mean. dubbed in the effect. No! So the jailhouse match though was probably the thing that like most people would remember him for it because he's so funny so during that. this incident it's incredible. SummerSlam so 91. It's, it's, it's probably actually surprisingly SummerSlam 91 is a great show in yes, general. It is. But for some reason, this 
particular thing always stuck out to me more than absolutely everything that happens at this. Right. It's the fact that, okay, so he has a match with Big Boss Man, and you know, for months he's like, you know, we are the real cops, right. and you're shitty, or whatever. And I'm Boss the Man's real like, law and order! Boss Man's not even a cop, so I don't really know what business he has saying any of this. Right. But anyway, basically they feud over who's, like, the best cops. <laughs> And it comes to a match where they're like, the loser has to like get arrested just for like one night. And spend the night in jail in New York. In New York. 1991 New York is not as glamorous as it would become. Right. And of course the Mountie loses because of course he does. But it's not the like match that matters. It's all the shit that happens. Like there's like vignettes essentially like for the rest of the night. Him getting fingerprinted. Yeah. Like him, them taking him away. And getting his mug shot. Yeah. They put him in the paddy wagon. And the whole time he's like, ah, I don't want to. Yeah. When they fingerprint him, he's acting like it hurts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just genius. What are you looking at? Yeah. Like in the, in the jail. Like you it. want the finger? Yeah. I'll give you the finger. Nice Do you get in your finger? You want the finger? Where's the finger? Yeah. Ouch. He's, he's just funny. He's amazing. It's probably like the highlight of Jacques Rougeau's career. It is. Yeah. And I'd say that stretches into that, like that version of the character. The one where Gorilla is always like, ah, oh, the man with the identity crisis. Like, right. Forever. Um, Gorilla just forever shits on him yes. after that. Like he's not legitimate in Gorilla's eyes. Right. And he wins the IC title on a house show from Brett in Springfield, he Massachusetts. Was like sick, but AKA WCW <laughs> was like making deals or something. I don't know. You like, know, I thought I could go there, but it turns out my contract rolled over. I'm a dumbass. So, and I love Brett, but yeah, yeah <laughs> that was what happened. So he drops the title to the Mountie, which is like hilarious because Mountie's like all like proud and thinks he's so good at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Jimmy Hart's like dancing around <laughs> yeah. with the Intercontinental title and it lasts for like a second. Yeah, Piper because, wins. Like, Piper. And, he, and that's the shockproof vest. Thing. That's the shockproof vest era. Yeah. So then he kind of just is there until the end of the year, until October, the Mountie. Nothing truly notable after the Royal Rumble for oh, real. Yeah. Not much. No. But then they come. He comes back again after like less than a year in yeah, July. It's, it's weird because it's like he's gone long enough where you're like, oh, I thought he isn't around anymore. Right. And right. He just comes back. He's still dressed the same. Right. Well, without the hat. Right. And no coat. hat. Yeah. But he still has the same like wrestling a, gear. This is where he gets a tag team partner. No? Yeah. Pierre, which uh, PCO still kicking today. You know, yeah. Pierre Amazingly. Yeah. Uh, and they're the Quebecers managed by Johnny Polo. Right. He manages them. They win the tag titles from the Steiners in that stupid match. And they are like mm-hmm. the tag team of 94, which... Oh, yeah. They're the big heels. They're good. Don't get me wrong. But it's just the division wasn't very... Now, this is also... Did it start here or did it not start here where they started having, I'm not the Mountie. That's that. Like that song. That's that. We're not yeah. the Mounties. Yeah. It's the same song, but they both sing it. Not They're not the, the Mounties. Not the Mounties. Yes, that was Vince. S- that was yeah. Vince... Um getting around that legally, you know what I yeah. mean? Because he never called them well, the Mounties. They're very profoundly saying they're not Mounties. They're Quebecers, but yeah. they're not Mounties. Right. So they were basically like the tag team version of the Mounties. That's all right. it was. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> they're there until the end of the year. They break up, and then uh, he resurfaces in WCW with Pierre as the amazing French Canadians, which was okay. This is but the Quebecers, basically. They had singlets. Yeah. yeah, and uh, what's his face? Colonel Parker dressed like a... What, what's <laughs> he the dressed like for? one of those like French army men yes. hats on, like yes. the ones with the little... I don't know. It's like a cloth. Yeah, behind, I like, can't think of the word, but you know and, what I mean. And also, the best part is he painted a little mustache on himself only for that. Just like, for when he managed like, them. And the French kind, like the Pierre Escargot, like from all that style. Or the, or the uh, Mark, Mark Summers, Summers, like when he paints it wrong. In the on opening. the one side. Yeah, yeah. It's very irritating. But that Colonel Parker, <laughs> I fucking love Colonel Parker. I like, too. I like that like he was kind of the Jimmy Hart of WCW. Yeah, okay, in a I way. guess so. And like he dresses up like his 
whoever he's managing at right. the time. It's like really funny. Uh, and that's also the run where in a show in Montreal, he beats Hulk Hogan clean. Right. Because so Hogan just wanted that's to. That's the other part about this mid-carder is he's one of the only ones that beat the Hulkster clean. And one of the only people in general that beat the Hulkster. It's it's insane. Overall. Just in Canada, there's like, you can look it up. There's like some like house show match. Yep. It's only on cam because they weren't like going to film that. No, obviously. it's not pro shot. I don't but think somebody, anyway. Somebody did capture it and it yep. happens and he just like pins Hollywood Hogan. Like Clean. legitimately. And during yeah. the Hollywood Hogan era. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they resurface again in the early 98 for a few months in WCW as the Quebecers. Yo, Pierre S. Cargo, fuck yourself. I think you meant WWF. Not WCW. Wee wee, dickhead. No more theme, not the good attire. They're like in singlets. I, I don't even know what they are at that point. They're just like, they just look old and haggard. Yeah, his hair was like terrible by then. Yeah, it's bad. But overall, with Jacques Rougeau now, let's talk about him for a couple. Because we're appreciating mid-carters, right? Right. He is, I don't think he was ever destined, nor maybe did he even care if he ever become a main eventer. He's kind of a guy that was like designed to be a mid-carter. It just seems like it, but he's so talented. Right. Don't you think that... No, he's talented, but the problem is is that he's not threatening Joe, and that's what <laughs> kind of keeps him always, like, solidly mid-card. He's irritating, but right. he's not threatening. Right, right? exactly. Like, Rick Rude is both. Right, yeah. Right? But Jacques Rougeau is like... He's on the honky-tonk man he, level. He's never gonna win, like, <laughs> right? the big match. Like, right, right, right. It, he's the perfect candidate for goes to prison, and, like, they make fun of him, like, as he's, like, being carried off. You're absolutely right. Yeah. He's the perfect person to win the IC title for three days and lose right. it to Piper. Yeah, because right? then you can always say it was just, like, a fluke. Right. Like, you know what I mean? But do you think in terms of his overall ability, and I'm talking all ability, meaning in the ring charismatically well, on the mic personality do you think he's underrated or do you think we've reached I, the point where no, people appreciate I don't him he, i don't think he's underrated you think he's rated i think here's the problem is that the wrestling aspect of him if you want to say like oh what a good wrestler yeah he was only good wrestler when he was attacked him he just stopped being a good re- he stopped trying to wrestle once he became a mountie like honestly yeah. he was a, he wrestled in the quebecers though yeah he just kind of what i'm saying is he kind of like abandoned the, like, I'm a wrestler style. And became more of a shtick. Yeah, became That's more true. of a gimmick wrestler. Oh, and speaking of the gimmick, some of the, the Jacques Rougeau hallmarks, and we were talking about it in one of our reviews recently, I think it was SummerSlam, the hugging... Yeah, with every part, the, with Ray, with the, Jimmy Hart, with the Pierre. Memphis style stalling, which goes along with the fact that he's supposed to have moved to uh, yeah, Memphis. Like, yeah, he just has some like weird hallmarks, right? Yeah, the yelling, random things, like, like a handshake that's yeah, like yeah. insincere. Yeah, like, he carried yeah. that through his whole heel yeah, run. It's like you know what I mean. Like and he, the, ah! yeah, the yelling, uh, always just very like ladylike, but in like an annoying way. Yeah, yeah, just very like uh, it's like here's this big wrestler who's got muscles and stuff. Yeah, pretty. And like, guy. I'm scared. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just so, like, annoying. The uh, triumphant abdominal stretch that he always puts oh, on. Oh, yeah. Like, the worst holds just to piss off the crowd. <laughs> like, and, like, you're just, oh, fuck this guy. Like, and Ray with the karate while he's doing right. the abdominal stretch. Like, even down to, like, remember when he had the Mountie music? the first one and it's just so boring like, that almost seems like something he would like at the first he's like well i'm turning heel i want to be like yeah. like no i don't want nobody to want me here make that my music yeah. Yeah. uh yeah i think overall that he's very great talent but i agree with you i think he's like destined to be a mid solidly mid solidly mid card not that's... even in dispute no. if he could like ever like that hulk hogan thing is like not even yeah. ever shown the fact that he beat hulk hogan but he was a career mid card is amazing seems like just appreciation 
Like, exactly. Is, like literally, he got he literally got the mid card appreciation from the Hulkster himself. <laughs> Hulk was like, "Yeah, you're good. Oh, yeah. Let, let me you give you this house show win that like nobody's <laughs> ever going to see." And I think that speaks uh, perfectly to the whole point here is that we're appreciating the talents of Jacques Rougeau. And folks, if you have someone that you want us to appreciate, let us know. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us or you can join the group. And also be sure to let us know what you think of Jacques Rougeau. Some of your memories of him, insights. Do you think he was destined to be a career mid-carder? Or could he have gone further? Let us know. But Quinn, when we come back, we are speaking of themes. We've talked about some of Jacques Rougeau's. We're going to be pulling out two more oh. of the worst oh. Oh, oh, themes oh, in okay. wrestling. Maybe that French horn shit will be on there for oh, the maybe. That's right. We're going to pull out two more out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. It is the royal flush of entrance themes. And it is coming up right after this. Her name was I'm 43 years old, baby. Coming out of retirement to step in the ring with a Mountie. You know, at one time, Bob Michael, we know you were the WWF champion. A great one. But this man has great credentials, too. His sister was a wrestler. His brother was a wrestler. His father was a famous wrestler. And you're going to beat him? No way, J.D. And I am a famous wrestler. I am Jacques Rougeau. That's right. And I'm not talking about 10, 15 years ago. I'm talking about right now. The time is now, Backlund. You come out of that rocking chair and you want to wrestle me, the greatest law enforcement officer of all times? I'll eat you up and I'll spit you out. Because, yes, the Jacques Rougeau gets his man. From Marley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, here for episode number 154. It is Monday, November 18th, and Michael Quinn, Mm -hmm. hi, how you doing over there? Uh, We are going to uh, be doing the Royal Flush in a second here, but before that, folks, like we mentioned at the top of the show, we do have a Patreon, and that's if you want to support the show, and it's not like we're going to be mad at you if you don't or anything like that. No, we don't get mad about anything (laughs) around here. We really don't. Uh, But if you like OVP, and you've been enjoying the show for a while, whether it's been for a few weeks or a few years, and you want more content, and you want to support what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast, and I'm telling you guys, it's really not expensive. None of the stuff we offer is not expensive. At all. It really isn't. Really, like, and I'm not saying don't do this. You know, if you're a content creator, there's people out there with twenty dollars tiers and fifty dollars tiers, and that's it's a great. Too rich for my blood. But for us, two dollars, three dollars, or five dollars. That's it. We're not trying to make a ton of money off you guys. What we're trying to do is give you a fair price for extra content. Here's what you're going to get. For $2, you get the weekly raw video. That's the making of every single Monday episode. And not only that, you're going to get the back archives of the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras that we've done. Right. And the OVP commentaries, which is about a a dozen. That's a lot of content just for like two bucks, like introductory price there. Yeah, and that's a month. Yeah, that's for a whole month. $2, you get all that, just everything of that. And you're helping support OVP, so we appreciate that. Now, if you add on one more dollar, so now we're talking $3 a month, you get everything we just mentioned, and every other Friday a video comes out, and in that video is Quinn and I, and what we're doing is we're watching the WWF in 1983 right now, in February. Yeah, so if you've been, like, hankering, say you're like, man, I really want to go back and watch old wrestling, but it's like, it's kind of boring by myself, right? You're thinking, right? So you can, like, watch it with some friends. Us. Yeah, us. So it's, it's us on the screen, and then the video of the wrestling. Yeah, it's all of and it. And you get to watch it with us. Yep. 
And guess what? If you don't want to watch it, but you still want to hear what's going on, we release it in audio form as well. Yeah, so you're 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 covered. You're never left out in the cold on that tier. That's right. It'll be nice and warm on that tier. And yeah. then if you upgrade even further, the final upgrade is five dollars a month. No, that's not five dollars a week. That's not $5 a day. That's $5 for an entire month. If you can spare the cash and max out the Patreon tier, here's what you're going to get. All the stuff that we just mentioned, right? You're going to get the raw footage. You're going to get all the back archives of the Rushmores and the commentaries. You're going to get the bi-weekly 1983 reviews. And every month, Quinn and I are doing one pay-per-view at a time, full-length, two- to three-hour podcast here. It, it sure is an adventure. It has been. And, uh, chronologically, yep. we're going, going right in order with the pay-per-views That's here. That's correct. And coming out any day now, if it's not out already, is SummerSlam 1988. The Superfest. Yeah, yes. the Superfest, because nothing says Thanksgiving like uh, SummerSlam. It's the, most, <laughs> it's the most festive, you know, fall, fall pay-per-view, yeah. SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Next month will be Survivor Series 88. The most Christmassy pay-per-view, <laughs> clearly. And... Fittingly, January will be Royal Rumble Which 89. Which is the most G- uh, January uh-huh. pay-per-view. The New Year's pay-per-view. The New Year's pay-per-view. And that's a full-length audio review of these pay-per-views. In-depth, in-detail, star ratings, the OVP style, jokes, all sorts of stuff. Check it out, folks. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you want to donate, please go ahead and do so. If you don't, we understand. We get that a lot of people just want to listen to the free show. Right. Maybe you don't even listen to every episode of the free show. Why would you donate? I don't know. But if you want to support us patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, Quinn, mm-hmm. the Royal Flush. It's week two of the Royal Flush. It's a real dandy. It, it is a dandy. <laughs> uh, last uh, two weeks ago, when we opened it, we talked about Jimmy Hoffa a real lot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the... Have you seen Hoffa since then? I have not seen Hoffa since then. You need to go watch that movie. I do. Um, but what we need to do is explain what this is in case you're new to the show. So before the season starts, every single season now, what we do is we ask you guys for a list of your top 10 and bottom 10 of something. And it can be anything. And this time around, it was entrance themes. And we got a lot of votes and submissions on this one. Oh, this was a, a real barn burner, popular... Everyone, everyone's talking about it. The source of Jim Ross terms over there. Appeal, appeal, rescue. What we do is we take the top ten and the bottom ten of each. We put them into two separate tanks: one for the best, one for the worst. And each week we alternate. We draw them out. So we start with the best, pull out two names, rank them. The following week we do the worst, pull out two names. Blah blah blah. Right. By the end of the season, we are going to have the OVP, scientific certified, ordained, even non-GMO, FDA approved. Top 10 best wow. and bottom 10 worst entrance themes of all time. Is it kosher safe? It's a little kosher. Okay. It's a little bit of kosher. Did we get it blessed? It's only some kosher. Yeah, okay. Can you have some kosher? The partially. We didn't. Partial kosher. We didn't pay for the whole rabbi Not session. Not the whole rabbi, just yeah. partial rabbi session. Yeah. Uh, and what it is, it's scientific. When I rank okay. these scientifically, no bias. We no, have like. I, hey, I, this is totally legal, not biased. Calipers. Um, yeah. We're ranking this scientifically, KPMG folks. KPMG approved. Yes, exactly. Is that, is that a thing? We use the Kelvin scale. Yeah. That's how serious we are about wow, this. Wow, Kelvin. Remember Kelvin? Yeah. So why don't we, uh, without any further ado, go okay. down to Howard Finkel and the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal
still flush of entrance themes. Smelly. It is smelly, Quinn. And uh, as we mentioned here, this is the worst of the hey. with the toilets there. Cooper. Oh. They're overflowing around here. Yeah. It sounds like the old giant stadium, oh, speaking oh, of Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> Well, okay, okay. Can we turn them down here? Hey. All right. Thank okay, you. Cool. Uh, so we only have two names on the board right now, so I'll run down this extensive list right now for you, okay? Yeah, let, me, let me get the scientific list up myself. At number one, currently the worst wrestling theme of all time, Big Daddy Cool Diesel's first theme, which is just a bunch of truck noises the entire Big time. Big Daddy Dump. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> yeah. And at number two, <laughs> speaking of dump. In the rear, if you will. F- pulling up the rear at the bottom is the ass man. You are the ass man. You are the ass man. Now, I personally like the musicality. I think we've come to a consensus that the yeah. musicality of the ass man is good. There was some uh, talk on the boards that this was like, this shouldn't have even been nominated for the, the flush. Because <laughs> I've told you, the theme, the music is good. But anyway. Although it is kind of funny that it's in the flush, ass man, get it? Yeah. <laughs> it's all, it all lines up, really. Maybe it was the only theme that really belonged on here. Maybe, Quinn. Yeah. Maybe when it's all said and done. But you know what? Speaking of lining things up, we're going to line up two more now. We're going to pull a name out. We're going to all find out who drew number three. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, man. <gasps> oh, no, Quinn. I know this theme. You know how I know this theme from, like, it doesn't even need to, just the beginning of it. This is a long-running, uh, not joke, because it ain't funny. This is a wrong... <laughs> I fucking hate this music so much. <laughs> this is a long story arc here on uh, our vantage point since 2016. This is Demolition's heel theme from, like, late 90 throughout 1991. Why did they do this? Uh, to Why? make you not like them? I hate it so much. It's not even... The thing about it, it's not even like... Sounds like Shredder should be walking by. It's not like I hate them. It makes me think like... Regular menthol. It makes me think about them de-pushing them because of the clam fish or whatever the fuck. I don't know. (laughs) Clam fish argument. Yeah, whatever. Clam shells of doom. I don't know. Now, here's one of the things about Demolition's theme. Their second... Well, their first theme, really. You know, their classic theme. It's good. Is one of the best themes of all time, in my right. opinion. It's, it's Rick one, Derringer, you know. It's literally, like, one of the the weirdest, like, juxtapositions. It's, like, going from, like, the best theme ever to, like, maybe the worst. This got voted in, so, I mean, you fans obviously agree. Basically, the reason this theme came about is, first of all, Demolition turned heel abruptly after winning the tag titles in the spring of 90. Weirdly. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, big moment. Three, Pete! Yeah. Hi, we're heel now. Hi, we're dicks. And we also have this new guy who's not as good as either of us, and his name is Crush. Right, and he stinks. <laughs> like, he, he should not be on the team. So they do that, right? Okay. Not only do they have Crust, so, yeah. so they bring in Crust. Mr. Pizza Crust over right. here. They bring in Pizza Crust. They turn heel. Now, the towards the end of 1990, after they lose the tag titles to the Fart Foundation at mm-hmm. SummerSlam 90, they bring in Master Fuji again as their manager. So on top of that, <laughs> so on top, of, <laughs> you're really playing with that, huh? <laughs> well, I'm not doing anything. Okay. Well, anyway, on top of this, you know, now we got Crush, now we got Master Fuji again, which right. shouldn't be a bad thing, because he's they, were, a, they were okay with Master Fuji, but... Brought like, them to the tag titles to begin with. But also... Didn't he, like, fuck them over and all that shit? Like, why is he even with them? Yeah, he, uh, my pal's a pain. You know, right, he decided yeah. to fuck them over, but maybe they forgave him. And either way, the problem was Axe started wrestling less and less. Right, which is a problem. Because a shellfish or an argument with Vince, or maybe a shellfish argument with Vince, I'm not sure. 
You know, I like sushi, pal. Why don't yeah, you like so sushi? Why do you to, like crustaceans? He went to Japan, and then that fucking Smash Ball. What's that fat guy's name? The the that team with him. What? Remember um, the other the Hux other or blast or the whatever? Blast, yeah. <laughs> Demotion blast. So, so Axe is out of the picture, and now it's just. Oh! <laughs> And now it's just crush and smash. Yes, uh, because well, Jack Tunney infamously is like, never fucking again will there be three members of Demolition. Right. Fuck you. Basically, all the things go into this to just piss me off more. It's like Tunney. Right. Fuji, no more acts. No more acts. We're heels. The music sucks. LOD is looking at them. By the time we get to WrestleMania 7 and this music is very profound, they're losing like fucking schmucks to like Tenaru <laughs> and, and Katow, Katow who like, hand towel and everyone's like who even are these people like That's literally they, no it's they true fight them everyone in the and, u.s like, anyway everyone's confused like who are these guys fighting demolition and why are they beating demolition yeah, in well, three minutes yeah like in two like it's so annoying now i don't know if this is true i have heard that one of the reasons they switched the theme is because this is the dumbest theory but maybe it's true because you can't have a theme that says here comes the axe here comes Are the smasher. I've heard people say that. Yeah, but they never said Axe was like not in the team. He just didn't come to work. He got like, suspended. You know, That's like, all it was. I just yeah. assumed, okay, as like from a kayfabe perspective, I know this is going to sound really dumb, but the way I always looked at it was like, no, Axe is still like in contact with them. Yeah, his like, eyes are closed. Right. He's just kind of like, well, I, don't, I don't need to be here because Master Fuji can do the managing yeah. while, while I'm like recovering from the shellfish or something. Exactly. You know? I personally think they switched it because they wanted them to not have a theme that was over. I think they just didn't want them to exist, period. And oh, they, they just pushing them, yeah. Yeah, they just wanted to be like, here's this crap theme. Nobody's going to pop when you come out at all. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like, do, do, do. Like, I mean, it's just like so terrible. Listen to how like just horrible this theme is when it starts, by the way. Just listen just, again. Just from the beginning. There's like nothing. There's no pop. What is that? Yeah. Why is it, it's literally like when Shredder is walking down for the first time in Turtles. Yeah, or even Lord whatever that guy's name is, the the bald guy. Tatsu. Yeah, Lord mm. Tatsu. Like mm. it's like when he walks through that mm. like dark room and there's like freckly cool. kids. Like I want to be a foot soldier. Play. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. Freckly kids. It's always, it's like some dorky like redheaded kid and Sam Rockwell Remember, for some reason. His dad doesn't want him to be in in the foot soldiers. Danny. Yeah, fuck you, Danny. I gotta go to work now. Sorry. Sorry. Not as sorry as you're gonna be after school. Danny! Damn it! Danny, come back here! Fucking Danny. Yeah. What a little asshole, but he was good, I guess, ultimately, right? But he's still a little shit. Like, the thing that that was revealed (laughs) in that... It'll work! You know... You know what? The thing that was revealed in the end of that movie is that he loved his son. Yeah. And he just was like, he was just trying to balance, like, I guess the mom's not there. And don't steal shit. Yeah. He's just like trying to like instill into his kid, you know, don't be an asshole. (laughs) And this kid's like, oh, I want regular menthol. And like, I'm going to join the foot soldiers and shit. And Tatsu's my dad now. And like... Thank God, Shredder's my dick and splinters thank, my balls. Yeah, thank God, his employee April O'Neil alerted him to all well, this. That's true. Like, also, Chief Wiggum or whatever his name is, the Chief Stearns. Yeah, why is he literally Jackie Gleason? But it's not. <laughs> He's like literally sounds yeah. like Jackie. Are pretty- you trying to tell me how to do my job? Are you trying to tell me how to do my job? You know that whole movie is like kind of a comedy in a weird way. Turtles is very much a comedy. It's very hilarious. Oh, yeah. like, no, it's, it's but great. But they try to put the like heartwarming scenes in there with like I love you, Danny. At like the end, remember like the dad's like reunites. And with Mary's him. like, Dad, it's just Dan now, and he's yeah. like, Dan. 
He was all upset. I could get used to that. But he's fine. Yeah. yeah, he's like, damn. Ah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that. Uh, anyway, the point of this whole discussion is that Turtles is a good movie, and Demolition's third theme technically sucks. I, and the reason I say third There's is something because else before the good one, right? Before Here Comes the Axe, Here Comes the Smasher was uh, Jimmy Hart's original demo for that theme. Get it? Which demo. was. <laughs> He, he, he knew what was up. <laughs> which was just an instrumental, which was not, there were oh, no is words. It the, is it the same song, just no words? Yeah, and I think that we should listen to that. Okay. So this version that we're going to listen to is only like from a match. I don't know if there's an official okay. version, but you'll be able to hear it. Let's just take a it. listen, folks. Here we go. Hear it? Yeah. No lyrics. That's cool. really that's really strange that they yeah. did that. So it's like I don't normally think of that as their first theme. I just think of the regular one. But technically, I guess this was. You know. Okay. Well, there you go. So anyway, that's Demolition's theme. What do you think's bad about it? What makes it bad? Uh, <laughs> what do I think's bad about it? Oh yeah, it? Quinn. It's hideous. Um, <laughs> it should never have been a thing. It's an insult to like all fans of Demolition. And there's a lot of them because they were very popular. popular It was like basically like I think the biggest problem with that song is like it's just a big fucking middle finger because like (laughs) they you're right they had like the most one of the most notable themes of their time they did just because you're like mad at acts for you know wanting to get paid like fairly (laughs) yeah or whatever it doesn't mean you need to like fuck with their music even in the the worst part is acts isn't even fucking there anymore like why do you have to sabotage crush. Like, he's new. He, he had nothing to do with this shit. He was trying to get the rub. But to be fair, though, if you want them to be heel, you wouldn't give them a song that people like. Yeah, but you... Well, why, then again, Mountie was a heel. Why don't they just the take ass- the lyrics out and just go back, go to, back the, to that version? Yeah, the first one. Like, even so, right? It's like just that. Well, this one does sound sinister, don't you think? It does. Sinister. It also s- boring. Like, <laughs> you can not... You yeah, can be sinister true. and not boring. That's you're okay. Like, yeah, you're right. When it plays, too, you're like... The thing that's also, it, there's like no anything that would make you think it's demolition. It could be like evil wizards that work for the Undertaker, for all you know. Like, it really could have been like a druid's theme. Yeah. It's, You're right. It, there's nothing to identify it with demolition. You're right. I it agree. doesn't even fit them. No, but I think that's the point, right? Is it supposed to just be evil? I'm yeah, have- but again, remember we said that the good music has to fit the character? Well, this is like the exact opposite. It, it's true because they're not like, they're not Japanese Right, They're why not, not give them the Orient Express music? Like, that'd on, be fucked up, Quinn. That wouldn't work. Well, Master Fuji's there. Yeah, but that wouldn't work, I'm saying, for Demolition. Ding, ding, it, it would ding. be kind of funny, though. Yeah, that's a very lighthearted theme, don't yeah. you think? Uh, but anyway, that's the Demolition scene. They were number three. I think it's now time. It's high time, unless you have anything else to say. I, I think it's high. <laughs> let's, let's, let's time it out. All right, let's find out who drew number four. Yo, you're dealing with the X Factor. What? Oh, God. What is this? This is... Hang on, let's listen. Oh. Does it say, I, I hope you hate X Factor because I hated X Factor? Yeah, maybe that was the goal. So, this is terrible. So, what this is, folks, <laughs> is X Factor's theme, uh, also X Pac's theme, by Uncle Cracker. Right, so X Factor, I seem to remember Just Incredible being in it, but apparently Albert was Albert was, in was it. also like involved with him, yes. Now, this is during the era. Yeah. I think this is part of the reason why people hate this is so this much. This X Pac Heat era. Yeah. Where it felt like, and then what that era is, folks, is where it just felt like the dude wouldn't go away. Right, That's it what it felt like, like. It was past 
his time. His usefulness. Right. It's kind of like, you know, we were talking off air today about like Rick Martel in like 1995 in WWF. Yeah. And you're <laughs> like, why is he even here? Yeah, how he's like, in the Rumble and yeah, how he was still there in 94 even. Yeah, like it's it's like oh, it's like the music <laughs> of some guy and it's just like forever associated with the like well past his prime. Yeah. Really, why are you on my TV? That question has to be asked every that, single time you see him. And that's part of this. And also, I think that it's not good. It no. sounds like a bad song. I don't, it's, not, it's like, a, first of all, it's Uncle Cracker. <laughs> the thing is, it doesn't sound like what I would think Uncle Cracker would be. It sounds like, um, what's the band? It's like, what the hell's on Joey's head and all that. Nickelback. It sounds like Nickelback. Well, because Uncle Cracker went from being like rap rock to rock to country rock. I don't, yeah, they're not even like, the, the name Uncle Cracker, it sounds like a band that's like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like like that some yelling yes. music. I think you just broke someone's speakers you know, or earbuds so, somewhere. Sorry, you might need to get new ones. It's my fault. Um, but yes, I agree. S- send your um send your bill to Uncle Cracker. But they got the money anyway. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Strap Crap. So I think that just listen. This is still the same Wait, song. This is the same. It's yeah. still going. We gotta we gotta keep it's listening just like here. Pock. It just never ends. <laughs> I think part of the reason it made it is because people had such a bad um, association with this period. And this is 2001 X-Pac, right? This song sounds like it would, like, Ugh. hurt your ears. This is terrible. Yeah. yeah, this stinks. Yeah. The reason I wanted to listen to most of it, folks, is because I haven't, I don't remember it that well compared yeah. to some of but these I others. Wonder, I wonder in, like, a real-life scenario, how long did it even play? Because they would come out and, like, <laughs> like they're not going to spend the time to run the Xbox music <laughs> all the way through ever but I've, a lot of people voted for this to be honest with you now, so do, let me ask you this yeah do you think that they got this like this music by like a real artist because tr- he's friends with triple h like, i don't know if it's that quinn or if it's like they just were trying to get licensed music he, you know the era where they were doing a lot of licensed music right so basically, here's a here's a notable example of them using it. They use it on the pre-show to WrestleMania 17. A great show. Yes. Now, uh, is, am I seeing Steve Blackman against Grandmaster Sexay, or w- just him with Grand, not Scotty Too Hotty? Yes, because who I don't know why. That's probably weird. an injury. And Steve Blackman's dancing. But anyway. Oh my god! I don't even. This music is so unnotable that I don't even remember this. And this is your favorite WrestleMania. So yeah. This is the stable so wait, version. Now, where- now, okay, so this is the sti- just incredible was on the team by this yeah. point. Okay, with Albert as their bodyguard or whatever. God, this is horrible. So how far does it play? This is a long ass right, aisle. I so. guess this is the best way to. Yeah, right, it's they, off. They don't even. Sh- Timmy White's the referee, by the way. They're like, we need to turn this shit off. So right anyway, in the ring. Preference is about Uncle Cracker, notwithstanding. Maybe you like him, maybe you don't. That's all fine and good either way. Yeah. As a theme song, I found, just now listening to it, nothing notable. First of all, the fact that we don't remember it. Right. So that <laughs> should be the first thing right there, is that you don't even remember it. Um, It's not anything that is good. Right. And the fact that those that do remember it, remembered it because it's bad. Now, do you think <laughs> the people who really, really hate this theme don't like Uncle Cracker music in general? Is it like maybe nope. an aversion to the band? I don't think it's an aversion to the band. I think it's because I think it's an aversion to X-Pac. Well, yeah. That I too. think that's really what I it mean, is. It's a combination of two things I don't like. Um, <laughs> Uncle and, Cracker and X-Pac? Yes. Um, <laughs> and also like the boring Albert, not the like Lord of, 
of Tensai and all like yeah he's not the lord just incredible stinks like, <laughs> what? he does can we talk about him yeah was he actually ever good or no! is it just like ECW acted okay. like he was good here's the thing is that that run in ECW he was a big heel and it's not like he like took over the mantle from all the good people Shane Douglas yeah like and, and like Sabu and yeah. like Sandman and all that shit right right and then the it's Taz. Like, here's just incredible it's like what like, is he a career mid-carder, you think? Yes. That was maybe uh, too big for his britches he got the, there? He got the Rick Martel treatment where they give him the world title so that you think he's important. And then, like, you really know, one, that once good, he right? moves on to, like, something that's actually important, you're like, who? He is probably... He, he has jeans on. That's Aldo Montoya. <laughs> what the fuck? Like... He's bald. Yeah. He was, um... A solid wrestler, but not like a top guy. Is that right. what you're trying to say? Like yeah. he's not bad. He's just he's not, not bad. It's not like I don't. I I think he's even like I've seen him on Twitter, and he seems to be like a really nice dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that. It's just him as like a star to me. He's not a star. Right. Like, no offense. Xbox a bigger star. I, I'm not a star either, but right. Like, you me know, neither. I, We're not I pretending also, to be. But as as a non-star, I can tell when you're also a non-star. Oh, it takes one and no one. Right. Exactly. I like that. And I can tell you're not a star. <laughs> and that theme certainly I, didn't I help anyone. I could run into you at Seven Eleven, and like I'd be like, I wouldn't even know. Excuse me, it's sir. Just incredible. Hi, I'd sir. Be like, oh, are you are you picking up those cookies there? Because <laughs> I. You know, Pepperidge like Farm, I, you think? Yeah, Milano's. He, he definitely eats Milano's. Like, is he the kind of guy that you would run into a, like, you know, a convenience store? At 11? And you wouldn't, like, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's just incredible. You'd be like, oh, it's, you know, what are you, what's your name? Like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't like, even I, look at him. Yeah, you wouldn't even. Because he's ringing me up at the register. Yeah, exactly. Because he works there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, I think he's a he's a patron of the of the store, not not working at the store. I don't know. I think because he might work at the he's, store. He's, re- he's got his WE retirement money. You know, like. That's not a thing. Well, he might, probably made a good amount of money over. I don't think he did. He's in the company like forever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't think he made anything. I don't know. I don't know about him, PJ Polacco or whatever his name is. Anyway, uh, as far as the theme, it stinks. I think it's ranking time. Do you think? Sure. Do you have anything more to say? If I you mean, do, be my yes. There's not much to say. Yeah, it's true. They, they stink. Uh, it's bad theme. You heard a lot of it here, folks, and I'm sure a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people voted for this one. This it, is up it's there. Terrible. <laughs> it's not a good theme. It's bad theme. Yeah. So it's ranking time. Remember, number one right now is a uh, diesel. Yeah, diesel, which yeah. is just a bunch of noise. Weasel, and number two is ass man. I'm an ass man. Yeah. Crush's demolition theme is Cru- what I call it, basically. Uh, because it's associated with Crush, huh? Yeah, demolition heel theme. Okay. It's only two names on here. Right. So is it worse than Ass Man? Now, you are a very big proponent of how bad Ass Man is. Yeah, but I, this is this is one of the all-time worst themes, really? in my opinion. You think demolition's heel theme is worse than Ass Man? Now, I think it's for, it's for you to stop it from being worse than Ass Man because uh, you know... I have the small bias here with with the demolition theme. Need you to not be biased, right? I'm trying not to be, so that's why I'm I'm deferring. You to took you. an oath. I'm deferring to you to offset any of my bias here. Okay. So is do you think that Ass Man is worse than the demolition second theme, third theme, whatever you no, want to fucking call it? I think demolition's it. worse. I'm going to yeah. tell you why. Ass Man is really dumb. Let's not kid ourselves. He wants to lick him or whatever. He, he wants said. to poke him. Whatever. Yeah. It's also supposed to be dumb. It isn't supposed to be taken seriously. Was it yeah, to be Quinn, dumb? come on. I, well, Look, listen. I, I just mean that, like, listen. It, they were like pushing him, like it's a big fucking deal. They had that's why it was a bad theme, like that. But the theme is clearly they know what they're doing. They right. know that it's a ridiculous theme. Vince might have just thought it was really funny. Doesn't mean it is, but he probably thought it was what really was the funny. Too, Dara, it was a different time. Like yeah. you could like get away with that shit back then because yeah. they're like, oh look, he's controversial. It says ass in his song, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. 
And even if you think it's a really dumb song, which it is, musically, which one's better? Ass Man or Demolitions? Definitely Ass Man. Correct. Without so, question. So that alone, it's more tuneful. It's like happier. It's like if it had good lyrics, yeah. it's like a fun song, you know? Right. Okay. So it's definitely worse than Ass Man. Now, I think however, so. The diesel thing, right? Bunch of noises. It's it's one it's of those. It's not even a song. It's one of those things we always hate. Ah! However, yeah, I don't know how the demolition music does this, but in being a song, it's somehow like here we I, go. It's somehow worse to listen to that, and that's saying something for a thing that's a song than a bunch of truck noises. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Like, I it hurts me when that song plays. That that long. Like I hate. I mean, it. that is rough, Quinn. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's very bad. But I don't know. I mean, Diesel's theme is literally just engines. Are you kidding me? Still, it's not even a song. What, what what's the sheet music to that? Just a bunch of footprints on a piece of paper. My point is, is that when you can say a song is worse than a bunch of noises, that's saying something. Tell me this: Are you more annoyed when you hear the demolition song than you are when you hear the diesel truck noises? I'm more annoyed when I hear the diesel truck noises on Super Nintendo. Right, I but know that, that much. But that's not the official thing. Yeah, but you know what we haven't done yet. We have not explored the diesel theme on Genesis. Is there a diesel rock house theme? <laughs> Don't bring up rock house. We're never supposed to talk about. <laughs> What's the Genesis version of the diesel theme? Is that the rock house I edition? I don't know. Let me see here. Hang on. <laughs> Wait, what? God. Wait, what? Oh my goodness, I didn't even know about this. This might put it over the... (laughs) (laughs) It actually, like, okay. What? It actually could be... Do you think this is better or worse than the Super Nintendo one? This sounds like a car stuck in neutral and rat racer on Super Nintendo. No, this is worse. Do you hear that? Yeah. That sounds like a Hess truck losing its batteries, Quinn. <laughs> um, that is a bad song in any iteration, and Demolition's theme is supposed to be sinister and heal, and, and it's supposed to bother you a little ever bit. Play the Demolition theme on a video game, like the second one, because it might have like dragged into that. I don't think it ever made it because they they were never in a game. Look up Demolition theme eight bit or something. Yeah, but it's going to be the Derringer one, I'm sure. Here we go, Demolition. Yeah, there you go. Mario Paint Edition. It's pretty cute. <laughs> Let's get to the main thing. We mean the main thing. Here come the axe. Here come the smasher. Demolition. The demolition. Walking, Walking disaster. Pain and destruction. Destruction. name. Stop. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know, Quinn. It's tough. It's tough to justify. Their heel theme being worse. I'm sorry. Like I, I can't even believe you're saying this. But Diesel's theme is a bunch of horns, but and engine noises. You can go stand outside next to my car. But Sean, ha- even Sean was able to dance to the Diesel music. Shut up. That's the mark in its favor. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. Actually, yeah. but still, no, 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 no. Don't try to spin this let's, here. Let's, this is I not think good. This is a good way to judge um, which one's better. Is do you think Sean could dance to the Evil Demolition music? better than he could dance yes, he to can. the diesel truck horn music. Hell yeah. Which one? Be- which one? Diesel uh, or truck? Diesel or demolition? Demolition. So he could dance better to the demolition. Yeah. Okay. Okay, then I'll give it to you. I think That's he, actually like... Look, I hate the theme. I can't even believe I'm not ranking this number one. Quinn, you gotta be fair. You're by, your list, it would definitely be number one at the end of the season. You can say what you think the worst theme okay. is if you want. 
Okay. Sorry, I think Diesel's Fine. theme is still worse. It's fucking... This is called Demolition Heel. Demolition Heel theme. Okay. All right. Now Next it's time up. for Uncle Crapper. Uncle Crapper. Yes. It so sucked. This, this sucks <laughs> balls. It's awful. I don't even... It's it's bad. Yeah. There's no like justifying it, Quinn. <laughs> it's a really so it never poor song. Existed. Uh, Uncle Cracker stinks anyway. And again, what are it, some other? Uh, what is their like best song? Uncle Cracker. I don't even know. Like, what is their uh, hot hit? Well, he did a cover of a uh, Drift Away. Remember, Wait, it's just one guy. He yeah, is the he Uncle, is Cracker. Uncle Cracker. Okay, <laughs> he is the Uncle Cracker. He is the Uncle Cracker. But then he started teaming up with like Kenny Chesney and stuff like that. Why is when you search? Him, there's like pictures of people from Star Trek or something. Don't worry like, about it because it's just what he does. Oh, okay. It's just one guy. Uh, I thought yeah, it was like a band is Uncle called Cracker. Uncle Cracker. I feel like bad saying his name. Like, what do you I mean? feel like it's like oh, it's offensive, like offensive or something. Yeah. Like, how does he still does exist? Does it offend you? Couldn't he just change his name just to Uncle or something? Like, just to oh, this song. This isn't Sugar Ray or something like that. Like, <laughs> no, it's Uncle Cracker. Ah, okay. Well, I know this song. Yeah, that, that, that was, was his first big one. That was in, back in those days, back in two thousand, back in high school. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that song that we just heard though for X Factor mm-hmm. is a piece of shit, and it is not good. As no, a standalone it, it, song, as a theme a song for, of shit. for Sean Waltman and Just Incredible and I think, Albert. I think the, the bar it needs to pass. Is it better than better or worse than Demolition Heel theme? Well, it's worse than Ass Man, right? It's definitely it's worse, worse than, than Ass Man. Yeah. Ass Man's catchy. It's just the lyrics are terrible and we know that. Yeah. This is all bad. Like, this is the worst list, folks. So right. we get it. Like, yeah, these yeah. are all bad songs. But at least, I'm an ass man. It's, it's like, a little it's, jolly. It's singable. It's, it's happy. You know what's amazing? What? In the time since we've talked about the X Factor theme, yeah. I forgot what it even sounds like. Oh, do you <laughs> want to hear it that again? That is how. But th- I think that's just a good point to how dumb it is. It's like literally completely forgettable. Like, yeah, within, a, within like five minutes. I know. Don't worry, we'll listen to it again. Yo, you dealing with the oh, right, that's what this is. So. I got everything I ever wanted. <laughs> it's so terrible. I got everything I ever wanted. Is it emo? It's bad. Okay, This well, is such a piece of crap. I think it's worse than the demolition heel. I can't you believe do. I'm saying that. Well, okay, I'm surprised. Tell me why. I think, ultimately, I, what I just said about, like... Joe, can you play it again? Because I don't remember it. Like, it's so nothing. It's just whatever. Yeah, I don't know that songs like that do well for wrestling themes. No. Now, not necessarily licensed music. That's fine sometimes. Mm-hmm. Clearly, on the on the freaking uh, rankings, we got Pomp and Circumstance, right. the Funeral Let me Dirge. Ask you this. Do you think there's anybody that ever went to a WF show in 2001 or whenever this was? Yeah. And they, after they left the arena, and X Factor had a great match. Um, <laughs> that they, that they, that's funny. You know, they went out on top. Uh, they closed the show. X Factor, right? Yeah, big man eventers. Um, <laughs> do you think anybody was coming out of that arena humming the X Factor thing? Uh, like, no, but I think I'm about to. I got everything I ever wanted. Yeah, like, do you think there was like fans like? Man, that X Factor theme. I got to go get that on the WF, the music volume seventeen or whatever. Um, that was, because that definitely wasn't in like the good era. Average house show attendance probably something like eight thousand around then. Maybe when they're I'd in, I'd say like, four people. A different area of the country where it's like maybe Uncle Cracker's a little more popular, like West Virginia or yeah, something. You know, no like, offense to anyone. No, that's not even that. Just is because Northeast isn't into that like kind of country music that as much. No, it's, well, New Jersey and New York especially yeah, yeah. not. In Delaware, kind of. I'm thinking, you know, like um. 
Yeah, like West Virginia or something like that. You know, other parts of the country, maybe even like Ohio. You know? Yeah, maybe Ohio. Like, do you think they're like the man, Rust that, Belt? That, I, I was really impressed with that X Factor theme. No I, one has got, ever said that, that in their entire Uncle lives. Cracker to like do their theme song. No one said that. I don't know if you're from one of those places. Let us know. The, yeah, let us know. If maybe you want- <laughs> maybe you were humming the X Factor theme on the way out of the arena. I, I got to get the CD of that. <laughs> <laughs> Even so, can we really put it above Demolition Heel as worse than Demolition Heel? Uh, no. I think it's just because I detest the Demolition Heel theme so much more. With this, like, here's the other thing. X-Pac already was irrelevant. Yeah. When they gave him this music. This didn't, like... So it's just a bad theme. This kind of was just, like, a lateral move to give him this shit theme. Yeah. Like, it was like, nah, he already did suck. His like, previous theme wasn't good either. Like, the X-Pac custom DX theme. I like the Two X-Pac, Tears in a Bucket. Two te- I like that song. Why? That actually is a song, believe it or not, that I was humming sometimes. Like, when it was popular. Like, in 98, like... Because remember, X-Pac would come get those come-from-behind wins? Yeah, it was a good face. And I always liked this. This song sounded like he'd like been through something or been something. Been through some shit. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Like, right. yeah, he got through that match, you know? I won't fault you on that. X-Pac, bottom line, suck it, two tears in a bucket. Like, the whole We're not thing. the ones that tried to fuck with it or whatever yeah, they like, say. I'm That's like, not- yeah, go. You get him. You just beat D-Lo in that match, X-Pac. Good job. You know? Okay. So with that said, Quinn, I think we just finalize here. I, I would like to have X Factor be worse than Demolition Heel, but I can't. Ah, well, uh, I don't know now. Actually, it's a, it's a real piece of shit. Demolition like, Heel is really bad too, yeah. and that's one of your most hated. Well, my, so my biggest problem is that we put it below Diesel. Like yeah, I, I know, feel like we're I, talking about number one territory with both of these, but Demolition Heel is not number one. Diesel's thing is truck noises. Well, X Factor is a piece of shit, and I know. like, is it worse than Diesel? Like, it is bad. Like, you know what? Uh, Check practically is a bunch of noises, just like Demolition is. Check that test that we just ran, those results there, and see what it shows, because you might be right. Remember, folks, this is science here. We're not this, okay. we're not making jokes here. This you, is serious business to the, us. the testing materials? Yeah, uh, let me see. Bunsen burners here. Okay. Okay. Oh, look at that. Yep, it tested, it tested worse than diesel. Oh, impressive. Okay, so... <laughs> What did you run that by the uh, the test group or whatever the people who listen to things? Yeah, exactly the focus group. So mm-hmm. uh, X Factor is going to be number one. I think it looks like oh, without any argument, huh? Well, I'm as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? Uh, it is. It's so forgettable. Like, and it's that, also that, a bad song to me. The forgettableness of it is still like its biggest X Factor. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, it's also a piece of shit song. Like it could be number one on here. And I wouldn't even like remember that it was the worst song, like it, because I would be like, "What even is that song?" So it's so insignificant that makes it bad, right? Because yeah. I mean, you're supposed to remember a theme. At the least Diesel dem- thing, at least like I, I still to this day it. remember, you know, Sean dancing to it at, right. at, at that Survivor Series or whatever. Yeah, and, and like, SummerSlam '94, and, and like him coming out being intimidating and uh-huh. stuff to X Factor. It's just like <laughs> Demolition <laughs> Heel. You remember at pre-show. WrestleMania? Yeah, okay. Fucking pre-show. pre-show. Yeah, it's not even like a thing. Okay. You know what? X Factor number one? Okay. Okay, let's do it then. So folks, remember, you can let us know what your rankings are. You can do that on Twitter. You can do that uh, via email at ovppodcast at gmail.com or join the group. But Quinn, I think it is time. It is high time actually, like we've been saying. Very, very high. Speaking of Sean Waltman, it is high time that we finalize now our definitive top four worst entrance themes of all time right now. 
At number one is X Factor by Uncle Cracker. Number two, Diesel Horn theme. Number three, Demolition Heel. And number four, pulling up the rear still. That's right, at the very bottom, the caboose is the Ass Man. That is the worst entrance themes in wrestling right now. Let us know yours. You can do that, like I said, on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Join the group. Send us Nina Boquin. When we come back, I'm feeling a little uh, feeling a little metallic, if you know what yeah, I'm saying. You know, uh, hard metal. Bench. Use a bench grinder or something like, like that. Metal Mario over yeah. here. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's see the WWF's up to in late 99. Uh, when we come back, right after this. In one mega matchup, the Rockers face demolition. And apparently, they are standing by with a special guest. Okay, Rockers, that's right. Master Fuji is now the manager of the demolition. Looking at Master Fuji's new demolition, Rockers. And unfortunately for you punks, you're on our hit list to be demolished. Rockers, this is how it's going to be. Master Fuji's gonna be standing there. Crush yeah. over there. Yeah. Be over here. Yeah. Master Fuji's gonna tap that cane. Yeah. You know what that means? <laughs> Boom! Oh, Knock your stick and take that! <laughs> you talk about a drastic turn of events. It appears Mr. Fuji has reconciled with demolition. It is going to get very interesting next Saturday evening at the garden. Demolition will be limited to two and only two members. Never again will there be three members of demolition anywhere anytime and welcome back wrestling fans to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thanks again guys for being with us here it's episode number 154 and before we review something michael quinn we need to mention here in case you guys don't know there are other wrestling podcasts yeah um, they exist and we're talking about ones that aren't part of the conrad thompson empire right are not a former wrestler like an austin or a jericho mm-hmm. we're talking about people that scrap along on the independent podcasting circuit the same way we do they're scrappy they're scrappy there's three friends of the show that we're going to shout out now we want you guys to check them out if you don't already starting with the wrestling podcast about nothing that's wpan now this show quinn is hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the business unlike ourselves we're members of course of the wrestling media the, the wrestling press <laughs> Real news. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely real wrestling, gets- <laughs> wrestling news. Um, every week, they're yeah. always looking to us for it. Oh, yeah. Everyone gets the wrestling news from OVP. But these Definitely. guys these these guys are the news because yeah. they're, they're in the business. They're the newsmakers. Uh, one yeah. of them is a former referee that is retired, but don't let him fool you. He'll say he's on a hiatus. Always with this hiatus. He retired. Yeah, he's done. He doesn't do it anymore. He's out of, he's out of the game. He is, but he's a great guy in the podcasting game, and his name is Mean Mike Crockett. He is a wonderful uh, fellow, and he hosts a show uh, with a current wrestler, believe it or not. That's right, a man that actually wrestles in the actual Ring of Honor. His name is the Brawl. Brian Malonis. Yeah, the Wine City Whaler. That's what they this is what they call him. Well, his partner is the Beer City Bruiser. Right. He's yeah. the Wine City Whaler. Of course he is. Folks, if you know who Brian Malonis is, the brawler, if you know the bouncers from ROH, you gotta help us get this nickname over. Wine City Whaler. Now I've heard some people want the uh, Wine City Whaler shirt. Actually, like it, there was a request for it. Anyone um, want to design one? Yeah. We'll sell it. We'll sell it in Malonis. We won't give you any of the money until you adopt the nickname. Right. How about that? That that's that's <laughs> the deal. Is, is that you have to adopt the nickname and then to, we'll, to take the proceeds from the t-shirts. <laughs> there you go. We're, we're going to put them in, we're we're gonna put holding, them in an IRA. We're holding it ransom, baby. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but check out the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Great show uh, by two great guys that have worked in the business. So they bring that perspective, but they also bring a perspective as fans. 
that grew up in the Hulkamania era. Wrestling podcast about nothing. Check it out. And also check it out if you like weird, if you like mm-hmm. wacky, if you like off the wall, if you like one man to tell you about a wrestling show, we're talking about Pete Winson. Who the hell is that? Well, he hosts a show <laughs> called Greetings from Allentown, and uh, it's a it's a very quirky, fun show, because what little Petey will do, Quinn... He's take, very little. He's very little. He'll take an old episode of wrestling. Okay. Let's I, say I like old wrestling. Let's say it's WF Superstars. Gotcha. Okay, okay. You've heard of that. What else? What happens after that? Well, what he'll do is he'll he'll have watched it ahead of time, right. and he'll handwrite notes. I'm not making that up. Well, we're going to notes. Maybe we should get him like an Apple pencil so it's like digitized, you know? Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And he'll talk about the show, but mixed in, interspersed perhaps, if you will, mm-hmm. with his musings on the show are his thoughts and reflections and extrapolations about everyday life and sports and cats and stuff like that. Boston Bruins. Bruins, yeah. Good one, yeah. actually. Bruins. Uh, it's a great show. If you like old wrestling and non sequiturs, Greetings from Allentown may be the show for you. Check it out and let us know. And also, if you like your Rock Roll Wrestle Son of a Barbecue, I'll spend it down, John Hamm. You get all that? Yeah, I got it. If you like Larry the Cable Guy, you will like Book in the Territory, which is a show about the Southern Fried Wrestling by our Southern Fried Brethren. We're going south of the Mason-Dixon line to talk about Smoky Mountain Wrestling and also the NWA. It is Book in the Territory with Mike Mills. So again, our three friends of the show, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown and Book in the Territory. Now, Quinn? Mm-hmm. We have returned from territories. We were down in Florida and then Alabama the last couple of weeks. Oh, boy. And yeah, we're, we're coming back. It was time to return to our roots here, the Northeast, right? The WWF. Like the WF, you the mean? The WF, excuse world me. Federation. Yes. The, Just World Federation. Possibly wrestling there. <laughs> Much like today. Yeah. Uh, and the show that we're doing, this was unfortunately your pick, but it, you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought it would I be. I thought it was going to be hideous, and that's exactly why I picked it. Yeah, and it really wasn't. I mean, uh, it's no prize. But. No, uh, but this was... Okay, let's talk. There was Shotgun. Remember Shotgun Saturday Night? Right, right. We've covered that before, right? We have. It Shotgun Saturday Night. It was in the bars and... Yeah, and then like just... literal smoking bar. Like, yeah. Like, actually smoky bars. Yes. And it kind of started in January 97, which was the dying days of syndication. Right. This was but the lone... Like, it up with this hot, right, like, right. two in the morning, like, yep. fucking gold dust on an escalator. This, like, <laughs> this was gonna be flying nuns. Sunny talking. Yeah. This was the lone syndicated show by that right. point, right? Within six weeks, the Smoky Bars, you know, train station aspect was completely Such a good uh, idea, too. Like, it was, that, but that's it's what annoys me about the whole thing. From but. what I understand, a lot of people hated doing it because it was live. Right. So what you had to do was be up in the middle of the fucking night, and if you lived in Connecticut like some of the guys did, you had to be doing this in the middle of the night, driving to New York, like a pain in the ass. But the thing about it, though, is like, from all things I've seen, is they thought, this was a real fun time to do also because it's Saturday night. You're at the, you're at a club. It's a great time slot. Yeah. yeah. But you just got to remember there's real people on the other end of our entertainment, right. you know, and having to actually physically do this got taxing and it was expensive and they weren't exactly raking in money at the time. Right. So what they did is they reverted to simply taping a bunch of matches before raw that would air under various packages, uh, there were shotgun <laughs> Saturday Lots of packages, right. like uh, so many that I thought they were all different shows when I was a kid. So here's one of them: shotgun Saturday night, right? The, yeah. the flagship Saturday night one. But there was also shotgun, which was initially called shotgun challenge. That's not confusing in yeah. any way. <laughs> and then it was just regular shotgun, but not Saturday night. It was a daytime <laughs> version, and it had different announcers. Same matches, just different announcers. Mm-hmm. But they also took those matches and they threw them 
overseas in uh, and I, maybe in Canada, but definitely in the UK. Some UK thing. What was that called? International Superstars, hosted by Gorilla Monsoon, of course. <laughs> what <Where, a> <laughs> Gorilla in like ninety eight. It's the same matches with Gorilla talking over. Oh, it. you know Ray. You yeah. know that type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Gorilla. <laughs> that type of thing. Now all of that came to an end in the uh, fall, or maybe it was the spring, summer of nineteen ninety nine. And they changed yet again. Now this this era, if okay, let me get let me see if I can guess if I got if I got it right here. I seem to remember that during this time period, there was two shows on that they they would appear in the Raw magazine and the WF magazine. Sure, They'd yep. be like, watch this shit, and you got to find it in the TV guide, right? Mm-hmm. That's all it would say. That's literally all it would say. <laughs> right. I never found it, and it would say metal and jacked correct well. now i thought these were two separate shows when i saw the advertisements in the thing because they'd be like they were on this i remember this they were like on the same page right and it said metal and jacked at like sometime like look and it would show like a bunch of pictures of like syndicated station logos and it was because they didn't know which was which i think right. which they were going to show so you know me as a kid i literally was like i think i found jacked but i was convinced that metal was on some other channel and i was like is there extra matches? Like it's, what? What? Like what is this? It's the same show uh, with the same matches, different announcers, and one was the nighttime, one was the daytime. Now, when I found that out as an adult, it was like super disappointing <laughs> for me because all these years I thought there was this treasure trove of nope. like extra matches no, that no, they no. Had filmed. It's the same show. Uh, Jacked was the nighttime one. Metal was the daytime one, and Metal is the one that we're doing, folks. This is WWE of Metal. Uh, November 13th, 99, and before we get to it, Quinn, I just want to mention that this is a period of time right before, rather fittingly, as it is now, Survivor Series season. It's right. uh, the day before Survivor Series How 99. How close are we to the, as a, honestly, because you just gave that whole layout of the syndicated. Sure. How close are we to the end of metal and the beginning of, like, Velocity? Like, oh, this aired until great. That, 02. Me, okay, this is 02. Okay, well, so there's, like, there's like way more time in Metal's lifetime. Oh, yeah, there. this was on, this is just started, so it has a few years. Oh, okay. Now, I never watched this episode of Metal uh, as a kid because I could never find it. It was uh, and definitely it, not on where we lived. And basically, like you were saying, you were uh, looking for it in the magazines and always perplexed how to find it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, like, I remember searching. I'm not making any of this up, Joe. I remember searching through a TV guide, like an entire TV guide for like an afternoon, <laughs> like studying every single page. And I'm like, it's got to be on, right? Never like, saw it. Just, like, never saw this show. Never could find the fucking thing. <laughs> and folks, let us know if you ever saw it, you know, yeah. and if you had it available to you, but I certainly didn't. Uh, but anyway, we get that, you know, the usual in over 7,000 languages, 17 <laughs> planets, you know, that intro. <laughs> yep. And then it's just some uh, generic metal music get yeah, it very attitude oh god yeah. it's so attitude yeah. you know satan taker apa edge austin godfather very 1999 these, all these people were definitely on the show right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then we get like literally interspersed with all these clips of wrestlers is someone using like a bench grinder to grind metal it's and there's so sparks. much attitude <laughs> so much metal it's the most metally show it's a little on the nose yeah. don't you think seriously they, they got it they got it they're making i i thought what they were doing this is not a joke. Yeah. I think what it's supposed to say is that they're making that logo that appears at the end. Or they're the like, metallic it's logo. The, they're fashioning it, right? They got to make the logo. They're fashioning it. They're, they're whittling it. They make a new one every week. <laughs> Seems like hard work. Yeah. Oh, uh, what a dumpy intro. Anyway, we fade to the arena now where Steve Blackman is making his entrance. Yay. Hey, I love the lethal weapon. Like, I like him a lot. I do like, too. 
I never could understand. He felt like so underrated to me. Like I was just like, he's he kind of looks like a fucking badass. Like he's not the best wrestler, and you'll see it in this match. Yeah. But like, he's okay. Whatever. Like he looks like he could kick your ass, De- and then like also he can kind of be funny with the whole head cheese shit. Definitely so. mid carder though yeah. for life, right? Oh, he should be on the mid card appreciation. <laughs> Kevin Kelly welcomes us here as Blackman heads down the ramp to a very mild buzz. Tom Pritchard, Kevin Kelly here with you at ringside. Doctor Tom Pritchard uh, again reasons, with him. Yeah. yeah. Like- <laughs> I'd like to talk to him. Yeah, like, he's, I'd like him to stop talking on the show. He's our color commentator. Uh, <laughs> we see a clip of Blackman on the cover of Inside Kung Fu magazine. What is this magazine about? The show Kung Fu or actual Kung Fu? Yeah, did he know Kung Fu? Yeah, did he know David Cassidy or whatever that guy's name is? David Carradine? What? David Cassidy from the Partridge Family. What's what a name, reference. What's the name of the, the, I don't the remember. Kung Fu guy who walks the earth? You know? I don't, yeah, I know. Quinn. I'm sure there's people listening right now who know exactly what uh-huh. I'm talking about. And you can let us know. Yeah. Uh, Blackman's opponent is the very much still over D'Lo Brown. Now, is this before he slipped on that drink and like... No. That whole thing with draws happened it's after, okay, About a month after, but uh, before they fully de-pushed him, right? You know, but you know, it's he actually, looked like he was on his way down here anyway. Yeah. He's on fucking metal, but <laughs> yeah, good point. Actually, yeah. by the way, Howard Finkel is a ring announcer, which is kind of cool. Timmy White is the ref as D'Lo wiggles his head around on the turnbuckles. He's you're looking at the real deal now. You are. That's yeah. right. Kevin Kelly says later on we're going to be seeing the debut. The debut, folks, <laughs> the debut of Rikishi Fatu. I thought that was kind of cool. I we're going to see it's that. Interesting that they even like. It was my belief that he was just like on SmackDown, like magically right one now. day. Like, like I don't remember any of this, but Me then again, again, I couldn't find couldn't this find the fucking show. show. So the bell goes, and we get a kick to the dick by Blackman here. More kicks in the corner, whipping a charge by Blackman. Dilo moves. The announcers hype up Quinn, the big Triple H versus The Rock versus Austin Triple Threat match at Survivor mm-hmm. Series. Drop toe hold down, and a kick by Blackman as he misses an elbow and bails. Kelly is naming moves, which is weird because. They don't matter in 1999. <laughs> That's like, true. None of this shit matters. The wrestling folks, if you weren't around or maybe were jogging your memory, unfortunately, it wasn't about the matches in 99. Bro. Oh, it just not, wasn't. Not at all. And this is like, this show is very evident of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're like doing things and no one cares. No one cares. Like they're doing like things that would get like a golf clap or whatever nowadays, right. like in an arena. And, like, yeah. We love wrestling. They're <laughs> one of those stupid chants. And uh, for example, deal with Pescado to the outside. No reaction. Right. No reaction at all. Slam out, slam out to the barricade. Big rights by Dilo. He tosses Blackman back in. The announcers, of course, hyping up more Survivor Series, which will be coming from the Joe Lewis Arena, which is where 91 was from. I forgot about I feel that. Like I didn't. This Survivor Series just didn't fucking matter. Yeah, no. Like, it's like I remember Deadly Game and then like not one of them until like 01 when it was like that WCW versus WWF one. Yeah, that sounds about right for Survivor Series mattering. They botched a top roll bulldog here. I think it was Blackman's fault. Either way, that was a a really it was bad. Really fucking horrible. Someone tripped or something. Like Blackman like wasn't in position or something. So it was so bad that he has to actually no sell it. They do he, something else instead. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and he hits a side slam, uh, and then he heads up and mimics. See, Blackman's good. He heads up and he mimics Delo's head. Yeah, shake. he's like mock him. So yeah, at that point, you know what the sad part is? What I didn't know who the healer face was at this point in the match, and when he did that, I was like, "Oh, Blackman's the heel." Like yeah, I'm not kidding. I forgot that he did turn heel in '99. Remember, yeah. he feuded with Shamrock b- briefly. Right, exactly. But I just didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, you can't tell because like, the crowd doesn't care. They both came out. They both got cheered, and I was like, um, "Okay, yeah." Like, <laughs> I don't know who's the heel here, but whatever. <laughs> Second rope headbutt by D'Lo gets two chin lock now by Blackman. As Kevin Kelly will not stop talking about other things, yeah. and I feel like Doctor Tom is barely even there I like i don't 
he didn't say anything like the whole time. And it certainly is going to be wild this Sunday at Survivor Series. Tom, everybody's talking about it. The greatest triple threat match ever in WWF history. And who is Kevin Kelly? Tony Schiavone with the way he's talking about everything else? Like, oh, God. It's very NWOS. It's so annoying. It's like, it's like, oh, Steve Blackman up. And speaking of going to the top rope, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's <laughs> going to face Triple H on fucking Raw. Yeah. Did you see what he did that week? Like, exactly. It's like, what? People are really testing Steve Blackman here. Speaking of test, he uh, fought Triple H recently. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like, it's fuck. like fucking stop. <laughs> uh, later on, apparently, we're going to have Devon Dudley uh, versus Matt Hardy. Yeah, that's what they call him. Yeah, Devon. Devon. Uh, arm drops <laughs> once, arm drops twice. Thilo fires his way out, and Irish whip is reversed. First by Blackman, go behind my Dilo, and he spins around with a DDT. Both men out. Both men up now. Slugfest, Dilo off the ropes, flying jalapeno on a drop kick. Body slam, shaky leg drop thing by Dilo. That sucked. Gets I have two. to say, there's a lot of moves going on, but again, like, no one no cares. fucking reaction The match is fine. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Kelly says, you better recognize in like the most wonderbred way ever. <laughs> uh, body slam again, Dilo with a beautiful moonsault. This is an amazing... Like this is such like a cutout of this era, right here. What an artifact! Of go, this just era. go through this this finish here. A beautiful moonsault for a close two count, which I thought was the finish. Right. I mean, it is. It is like it has to be. Like right. he just fucking nailed him with it. it like would have been a finish. Dead to rights in the middle of the ring. Yep. Two count. Then Dilo goes for a power slam, but Blackman rolls through and gets the win. Was a small package. Yeah. What a dumb fucking ending! I know. Like, like out of nowhere, with like he got fucking moonsault. Like, Nicely too, and, and Steve really Blackman convincingly. Just, like, kicks out, wakes up, and gives him a small package, <laughs> and like that's it. Like what? Yep. Dumb ending. The fuck. Like but, that was so so attitude era. You know what's sad though? Because the crowd, you wouldn't know by listening to the crowd or the announcers. That was a pretty good little TV match. It wasn't bad. It was besides fine. the ending. Yeah, and the shitty bulldog. Well, yeah, the shitty Beatles. Uh, we, we th- yeah, <laughs> we throw to a promo sponsored by JVC Kaboom Box. It's that era. Yep. Sunday, December the fifth, live in Hartford, Connecticut. Is that we- going to be heat? No, I guess. no. Uh, it's just some other thing. Because yeah, Heat's not live. Yeah. It was taped before Raw, wasn't it? I thought it? it was live briefly. Was it not? Did I make that not up by in my 99? Brain? Okay. If it was, not okay. by now. Uh, but we're going to have Steve Austin, Triple H, The Rock, Kane, The Big Show, Mankind, Val Venus, and The Godfather. And the voiceover guy is all like, it's the most incredible event of the year. Like, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah, the like, year. What is this, WrestleMania? <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? A random fucking house show in Connecticut. Yeah. yeah, sure. And by the way, are there matches or we're just going to see them try well, out it's like it's a, Raw 25? It's just a bunch of people. Dude. Yeah, you didn't say matches. It was like, yeah, no, Steve Austin will be there. Nobody's fighting each other. It's just Val Venus is going to say hello, ladies, and Ooh. Godfather's going to dance with hoes say ho train. Yeah. yeah. That sounds about right, actually, for 99. I, I think they it would be the most incredible event of the year in Hartford. Like, <laughs> honestly. Well, there's no bake sale that trumps yeah, that? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, we get a commercial now for uh, the WWF Titantron Live accessory for the ring. That I didn't have was, it. I, this is the one like thing I had. That oh, was, you had it? I actually got it for Christmas or something like when it came out. Did you like, like it? It was awesome. Like, because the only thing that sucked about it was is that the figures that were like had the little like notches on them so it would work. Yeah. They were like shitty compared to the rest of them. Uh, they like okay. had the bendy leg act, like where there's an actual like like a mechanism to bend their leg. I don't right. know how else to describe that. It's not like the the LJNs, like the rubbery kind. Right. Okay. So it's like they looked different than the rest. They were like the same size though. Mm-hmm. They were just slightly like they were like hard. Right. I don't know how else to describe them. They were, like, they were very stiff figures. Ew. Now we get some clips of some random dork working out in the Titan Sports gym. Okay. What even? I don't know. Please explain. Well, he dickily puts down dumbbells, and then he finds some 3D glasses. What? And then he morphs into a steroid man, and it's a commercial for 
WWF 3D attitude? What the fuck does that mean? Okay, so I had put out some feelers for this. Okay. I got two definitive responses and about an equal amount of both. Okay. One is that it was a 3D magazine that was coming out, and then someone showed me pictures on eBay of that magazine that came out in November of 99. 3D attitude, okay. Right. The other thing that a bunch of people said is based off something Bruce Pritchard said, which is that they were going to do 3D programming, and they couldn't. What? I am going with Bruce Pritchard couldn't remember what it was, so he made something up. that the WF ever, in the time that they were making tons and gobs of money. Right. But still, in 1999, there's no way that they could afford 3D cameras. Well, here's the thing. Or 3D lenses, whatever you need for it. Here's the thing. He said that, you know, they couldn't work it out or something. Then why the fuck would they be promoting it only 10 days before it was supposed to happen? Yeah. He Bruce, I don't know if you know this, folks, but Bruce Pritchard sometimes bullshits. Yeah. He's not always telling, like, an accurate recollection. He does sometimes. Right. But so, he also, if he can't remember, he's a good BSer, so he'll just say something. So I'm going to chalk it up to there was probably just a fucking magazine with, like, a couple of 3D images that's what it sounds it, like. that they took. Yes. Yeah. That's all it sounds yeah. like. Uh, we're back now. Rikishi comes out to some very generic theme that I don't remember. Uh, I don't. It is terrible. <laughs> His hair is all fucked up too. It's like weird suspenders on. Like this whole thing is so odd. It is right. Yeah. Like I don't. What? Like what? Wait. What is he supposed to be? Like a sumo wrestler? No, really, it? he is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Rikishi means sumo wrestler. Oh, it does. Yeah. I didn't. Is it like a Samoan? Uh, sumo wrestler yeah it's like they're not pretend I, even though they're, 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 he's got the like festive samoan stuff on like the yeah. neck thing what, what necklace kind of thing i think he's really like well i think he's really like an attitude era yokozuna more than a fat funny dancer that's yeah. honestly what it seems like the to me is, there's there as this match goes on there's like hints of the like oh his we don't like his outfit and his butts well big, yeah like, there's that as we go on well the rumor well not rumor i think it's true is that vince always wanted yoko to wear that but Yoko was too embarrassed oh, okay. to do that. So that's why he did the tights. Cause that, the, so Rikishi was like the stand-in? Well, it was like the now Vince finally got what he wanted. was right. a big ass gimmick. In my rectal area. Because a real sumo wrestler, they don't wear tights. It's, it's just the diaper. There's a lot of ass in this era. Mr. Ass. Yeah, Rikishi's you're right about ass. that. It's too like, much ass. Too much ass. Um, but anyway, yeah, he was more like Attitude Era Yokozuna at this point, Quinn. Right. You know? And it's basically like an experimental Rikishi yeah. is what's going on here. Because the one that we're familiar with from a few months later was like the, the jolly dancing one with the sunglasses. Cool yeah. And all that. But this he was serious here to yeah. start anyway. Now his opponent's in the ring and it's Julio Fantastico, which really, I remember him Who? from something. Is, was he on the um, the Astros, Super Astros that time perhaps? I don't even think it was that. I think he was on like one of those other promotions like uh, XWF or something. Remember him? Like, oh, very vaguely. Oh, wait, was he in the, um, the, like, Secrets of Pro Wrestling tape? No. Like, at all? No, he's not in okay. that. He was on Heroes of Wrestling. Oh, that's that what, okay. That might be what I remember him from. Uh, Too Cold Scorpio. Remember, he was going to be the future, I think. Yes. Yes, that guy. That's, that's right. like, oh, the future of yeah. Heroes of Wrestling. This Fucking is right after that. Julio Fantastico. <laughs> he probably got the tryout because of her- Heroes. Yeah, here he is fighting fucking Rakishi <laughs> yeah. as a jobber. <laughs> now, Rakishi. A jobber in 99. <laughs> But there isn't even job. Yeah, that's back true. Then. They're really gone. Uh, Rikishi's ambiguous, Quinn, but I think he's a face. What did you pick up on? I thought he was a heel because yeah, he's I kind of like tell. a fucking asshole the whole time when he's wrestling. 
<laughs> he might have been a heel. I really yeah. couldn't remember. Uh, all I know is Mike Kyoto is a ref. Julio with some punches, spinning kick, few punches in the corner. Fatu shoves him off. He basically sells nothing that Julio does the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Nothing at all. This is an enhancement match all the way. Absolutely. Uh, back elbow, Irish whip, head down Julio with a few drop kicks. Kevin Kelly is concerned about Rikishi's attire, like yep. you were saying. Oh, I don't like that. They're already planting those seats. Yeah. Like, His they're garment. Like, they're like, oh, look, he's fat. Basically. He doesn't have enough clothes on. Yeah. Uh, Julio tries more drop kicks, gets his head taken off with a clothesline, stomped down. Crowd is silent so far, which is very reminiscent of early Yokozuna. They don't know what to make of it. They're, they're like, like huh? what? what is this? They're like, is this the head shrinker? I right. think it is, but he's really fat now. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, Kevin Kelly does remind us, Quinn, mm-hmm. that the New Age Allies have regained the tag belts from uh, Mankind what House. What does this no, have to do with this? Nothing. Yeah. Running Avalanche in the corner by Rikishi. And then speaking of Yokozuna, we actually get the bonsai drop with ass padding beforehand. The crowd was into that, at least. And yeah. also, when he does this bonsai drop, what was very odd is like it's a bonsai drop, but he doesn't even go for the pin attempt. He just no. like gets the fuck up and keeps doing other things. What's well, attitude are Yokozuna? Yeah. See? It's so weird. it's like he is updated. Yeah. Kevin Kelly's like, I wouldn't mind if Mike Kyoto decided to ring the bell now. What? <laughs> Shut up. He says it like <laughs> sort of concerned, though. Like as if like this match should be over. Ow. <laughs> like in the Kevin Kelly voice. Hi, uh, and, and I, I, Kevin Kelly, if you're listening, because it's possible, because, you know, you go on those long trips to Japan. Sorry, man. I like you a lot now. But back then, no, your voice. No, no, forever. Yeah. By the way. Even including now, your voice. Still oh, you stinks. don't you don't like him. Oh, I, come on. I like him now. He's fine. Listen to us. We're two people to talk yeah. about voices. Uh-huh. Reverse thrust kick by Fatu. Reverse sit out pile driver that he only used briefly. Mm hmm. Uh, which was his finisher here, and Kevin Kelly's like, oh, good lord! Yeah. And then uh, Butt Drop gets the win for uh, fun. Really weird here. Now, now, I have to say, that that finisher that he did, that thing where he puts him on his arm... It's a reverse pile driver. But it's that like, thing sucks ass, first of all, and second of all, I remember that being his finisher, like, forever. No. He said it was for, like, a second. Like that? The way he did it like that? Was it? Yeah, because he would do the... He put his arms out, like, uh, almost like he was, right. like, dancing or something. You know something. what? I'm sorry. You're right. I yeah. Thought, for some reason, I thought that he didn't use it that long. I just seem to remember that always being his finisher. Like, the stink face was just a thing, like... Oh, yeah. It was no, kind of no. like... That was, like, the Bronco Buster for him. Correct. You know what I mean? The People's Elbow. Right. Which became a finisher. Right. Because oh. that... Remember that was a thing after the People's Elbows? Like, everyone had, like, a taunt move. Yeah. Oh, yes, guy too hot. He had it with the Austin. <gasps> Austin's <gasps> Tom would just give you the finger. Like, well, that was always. Yeah, you're right. A lot of people had weird shit. Luthes Press was the Austin taunt move. Yeah, the dick to the mouth, yeah. as they yeah affectionately called it. Uh, up next, Quinn, because it's 1999. Arnold Schwarzenegger gets the WWF title belt. This I hated <laughs> this back then. I hated this so much. He didn't do shit. Like I, I didn't know wait. why the fuck he was here. I can't wait. Uh, but first, Quinn, a bumper. For SmackDown, when it was like new, they're like, it's the hottest new program, SmackDown. Uh, UPN. UPN. <laughs> you know what I mean? Crazy to think, though, now, 20 years later, it's on fucking Fox. Yeah, that's a, a huge juggernaut. upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. A huge uh, fucking upgrade. We're back now, and we are informed by Kevin Kelly and Dr. Tom that WBF Metal is brought to us by Castrol GTX. Because, of course it is. It's Motor Oil. Magic of the Gathering and the Remington Microscreen 3. Mm-hmm. Is shaving really that hard that there's always new razors coming out during this period I of time? I never understand <laughs> Like, honestly, I think it's, like, rebranding, Joe, because no razor, like, the only time there was innovation in my lifetime is when they added a fourth razor as opposed a to blade, three. Yeah. yeah, fourth blade or whatever. Well, there was the, or, yeah. no, five, sorry. They added a fifth blade onto the fourth, the Mach 5. Remember? The Mach 5 is excellent, by so the way. why don't they make a s- six of them? Like, why Why not just have there be 27 of them? Like, wh- wouldn't it just make it better? That's exactly like, like Jerry Seinfeld always said, why, why start with regular strength when you're always coming out with extra strength? Yeah. Just start with the maximum strength immediately. Yeah, exactly. What do you use to shave your, your stubbles? I use the, um, 
I use the Gillette Mach th- the Fusion. It's the Gillette. What is it? Oh, I use the Fusion too. Yeah. That's what it's called. They're Fusion. awesome. You those, pop the head off. Uh, those things last fucking forever. I know. Too. They they're last awesome. for like a long ass time. I barely I, I replace it like once a year. Yeah, it's, like it's not rare. Even, maybe. I don't shave often anyway, though. Oh, okay. Well, I still got to get the under, yeah, I do that. You know that the underbeard. The underbeard. Anyway, last week on SmackDown, Vince and the Stooges were welcoming Arnold Schwarzenegger to SmackDown. And I remember again thinking that this was so fucking lame. Yeah, me too. Then. Like, like who cares? Yeah, like literally, like who gives a shit? It was, wasn't this isn't like 1993 anymore this, with Arnold? This feels like those things that they would show back in the old days, like where it would be like we helped some charity or something. Like Burt we're Reynolds. giving them a belt and like I hated all of it. Or you put the tombstone on the taxes, maybe yeah, one of those things, yeah, something like that. Now just to keep the timeline clear, Vince McMahon is a face here, having returned in September uh, to confront Triple H, who was messing with Stephanie. After previously having to leave the WWF in July due to a stipulation in a match with Austin. And that was after the It's Me All Along Which thing. was May and June. Right. Yeah. So basically, Vince is a face, but he's still like shady, but he's a face. Right. Just to keep it clear. Uh, now, which was weird here, even The Rock was nice to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, again, I don't know why they did this. Because... Really like, sorry. No, but... F- Usually, when they had celebrity involvement at this point in time, the, like they were either heel or face the celebrity. And like they... You know, they, I don't know, they were involved more physically. Like, this is just, to me, this is just like, look, Arnold's on our, our show. Yeah, I mean, like, they're showing him off. Right, but that's all he is doing. Like, yes. he's not, he's not doing, like, he gives a belt or something or some kind of yeah. weapon later. But, like, that's like the extent of his Yeah, they're just showing thing. him off. Yeah. That's literally all it is. You know, isn't it ironic, though, that The Rock would become just as big, if not a bigger actor? I mean, in terms that of is, box that is office. pretty funny. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, and Arnie's like, by the way. Lots of jabronis in Hollywood. By the way, a lot of jabronis are in Hollywood. Fucking horrible. <laughs> uh, now he stops by to see Austin, and he tells us, Stone Cold, that he wants to see him open a can of whoop ass yeah. at Survivor Series. It sucks ass. <laughs> and Arnold doing wrestling skits is terrible. <laughs> later, <laughs> later he comes out to the crowd with Vince, and he's like, I'm here to pump you up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, why? And Vince gives him a, one of the big eagle belts because... He's this the un- you say it, but God, there's something really stupid about this. The undisputed heavyweight box office champion of the world. So, so he gives him that, but they specifically say something to the effect of because of your new movie <laughs> that, that I've never heard of. Like, yeah, what movie were they plugging? I didn't even like know like Dead Man Skid. I don't know. Uh, like, Dead Man Skid? I, I don't remember the name of there's it. There's no but, way that's what it is, but that's funny. Yeah, whatever it's fucking called, like <laughs> Dead Man Walking. I don't that's know. That's not what it it's is. Just, it's one of those shitty, like, really dumpy Arnold movies. Like, one of the ones that's like, nobody even remembers it existed. In all seriousness, what do you think was the last really good one that he did? It's called End of Days, by the End way. End of Days, yes. What do you, what do you think? Because, like, obviously there's Terminator 2. And well, does- I think a lot of people would say, because I, I haven't seen it, but the, um, what's the one where it, it has all the action stars in it, the Untouchables? What, oh, the, the, the uh, indestru- Expendables. Expendables. I think a lot of people would point out that was, like, the last big Arnold thing. I mean, uh, sorry, I meant up to this time. Sorry, oh, that's what I meant. Time? Would it be like fucking Terminator Two? No, but what about like um, was True Lies big? Oh, True Lies was big, Last yeah. Action Hero. That yeah. seemed big stuff, right? Okay, Jingle all that, the way. You're right. Jingle did, all the that way. Did come out after Terminator. Yeah, but honestly, like the biggest movie he did ever was Terminator Two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without definitely. Question. No, without like, yeah. question. Uh, so anyway, let's get back to uh, things here. As Arnold rambles on and on, and then we get a shot of 
DX backstage being upset that he's here, which I guess... Why do they... I, whatever. I guess they're upset. He doesn't even do anything. Like, why is anyone upset that he's here? I don't know. <laughs> in general, why is anyone happy or upset? <laughs> like, it's fair. Uh, meanwhile, he joins commentary. But first, here's a really fucking creepy commercial for Boppet Extreme, which is shot like the Blair Witch okay, Project. I have to, before you say anything, I yes. literally thought that yes. the Boppet symbol at the bottom of the screen yes. was GTV, like, the whole fucking time. I'm it, not kidding. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's not GTV. I, I swear, before he mentioned Bop It, like, I literally was like, is this GTV? Blair Witch. Definitely, yeah. like, capitalizing that whole thing. Um, where some guys, like, hiding in the woods from the Dudleys because all they want to do is play Bop It Extreme, and when they do, they, like, hurt him. So then the Dudleys show up and they kill him. I don't like, know. Like, literally, he, they show him dead. He's dead. And, and I, I just said, what a weird time to be alive. Like, I swear I heard parts of Demolition's shit theme playing, <laughs> No, you like, didn't. When this was, like, on. This the commercial. heel theme? Yes. Oh, how appropriate. Yeah. You don't look so good. Next, we get a promo for the uh, soon-to-debut Tomorrow on Survivor Series, Kurt Angle, where he completely deadpans the whole thing, plays yeah. it straight <laughs> as a complete face. Like, he's acting like he's a face, and he's like, I like the three T, the three eyes, intensity, integrity, and intelligence. And then the voiceovers, brilliant. Kurt Angle, the most celebrated real athlete in WWF history. And honestly, Quinn, looking back, this is a brilliant gimmick, you know? Oh, yeah. He seems... Like a total asshole. Yes. Like it's just, and they're playing the like they're playing that music that they usually play. Like WrestleMania was last night. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you know, like where they're trying to make it all like classy and yeah. stuff. But they're playing that over Kurt Angle talking about how he's like such a great athlete, yeah. intensity, integrity, intelligence. It's yada, yada, yada. so brilliant because they play it completely straight. And I'm sure people who saw this are like, oh, that guy will never make it. Like, you know what I mean? Because I remember that's, that, I that's what I thought, too. I was like, that's oh, honestly what I here thought. we go. Another fucking Olympian. Like, who gives a shit? Like, and how awesome and integral to 2000s greatness was Kurt Angle? Yeah. He's a I big th- part of it. I think what we as fans didn't realize is that they were aware of how shitty Olympians performed and that this was like kind of like a lampoon yeah, no, of that. Like definitely from day zero, they knew that they, they, they were like winking. It's like, yeah, we know you fucking hate when we bring Olympians. Correct. Out. Like, you know what I mean? So that's why he was always a heel. So he just unabashedly like, just says like, I'm an Olympian. Like yeah. I'm so good because I'm an Olympian. <laughs> yeah. They knew that wasn't going to be yeah. over as a face. Yeah, exactly. Clearly. Right. Uh, we're back now where the Dudley boys are entering. So they're still in tie deck when, so you know, it's early yep, classic Dudley. Yep, like, before stuttering Bubba and all, yeah, the, all that yeah. shit. Yeah. So, you know, their heels still. Bubba gets on the mic. He yells about how everyone sucks. You know, the yeah. whole stuttering. Devon wants to testify that there's three things we need to know. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not kill. Okay, correct so far. Yep. Thou shall not mess with the doublies. Okay. Well, the crowd hated them, so that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Long is our referee. Remember that era? Yeah. Where <laughs> the Hardys music hits, they come out with Terry Runnels. Oh, yeah. Didn't they, like, win her so, or yeah, something? They won her from the Terry thing, Terry invitational. invitational thing. With yeah. the, remember the baggy at the top and the, <laughs> with match the Hardys was good. and the Edge and Christian, right? right? The match yeah. was really good. It's, like, kind of the framework for the TLC match. Yeah, for the 2000 yeah. tag division, really, in general. Terry just hangs on for like a little bit with them and then they're like oh these guys will be way better when they're in the TLC feud and not dragged down by her basically also I gotta say I never really liked these singles matches with tag people especially since it's like both the animal (laughs) of the team for like each side it's like the secondary guy like Matt Hardy and Devon yeah I agree Bubba is definitely the captain of the doublies both those wrestlers I like I actually like Devon and Matt Hardy personally as like wrestlers Um, I just think that it's like it always 
when they have like the non-star members fight each other, I just like why? Why are we doing this? Interesting that you use animal instead of like the Genetti. Yeah. <laughs> Is well, that because, your new scale now is the good, animal? Well, no, because these are good teams. That's why this is different. It's like, these are good teams. Oh, come on. Genetti's good, and so are the Rockers. What? I mean, I, the Rockers are okay. Are you off your Rocker? What did, no. What do you mean they're okay? Oh, yeah, uh, you don't like them that much. I, I never Surprising was a, that you I, don't like a Shawn right, Michaels because when Shawn endeavor. broke out, he was like completely fucking different, and like I liked him so much better. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, lock up wrestling by Devon as Kevin Kelly runs down some hideous sounding women's matches at Survivor <laughs> Series involving Moolah and Mae Young and Deborah. He needs to stop. Ugh. Like I, that is not something that makes me want to order Survivor Series this Sunday or just, whatever. Ew, yeah, tomorrow. Also, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, tomorrow. is it tomorrow? Yeah, but they can't Why say, they that say that. They don't know when it's airing. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm serious. They can't know when they're gonna put this in the can no. and mark what that should be aired on the can. Because it might not be in Saturday in every market. Oh my god. Uh, but you know what? Stephanie just needs to hurry up and invent women's wrestling already. Yeah, you know, remember when she did that and yeah. it all got way better. Yep. Uh, shoulder bump at Devo and off the ropes. Hip toss. Kevin Kelly again reminds us to go to SurvivorSeries.com This... Because- <laughs> Because, <laughs> How what, is this even what is this? Yeah. Because they are simulcasting Survivor Series on the internet? Like what? Like 240p, 10 FPS? Like, like how the fuck is that even possible? Is there even any P? We like, have trouble getting 1080p 30 around here. <laughs> and they're going to fucking like on 56k give you like the video. It has to only be audio. There's no way. It has to be like fucking real player at like 56 bits per second. Like Maybe. awful. Like I don't remember that being an option back then. Was this an experiment, maybe? No, Anyone well, that knows, let us know. I remember WCW tried to do this, but again, it was only the audio. Right, right, right. That's right. why I was like, there's, it's got to only be the audio. There's no way. I don't remember. I, I honestly don't remember. Well, I remember trying to find this. You can just, in, I know, really? literally, on WF.com, because it was, like, buried in the menus, like, that you could watch even any video. Why let you just alone. listen to the scrambled audio? Yeah, like, listen to the audio with what, it scrambled. What I remember, Joe honestly, about this time period with the website yeah. is that they would have videos, right? And they were super tiny. Yep. If you made the screen big, it would like look like shit. Oh, yeah, of course. They were super tiny and they played in like pop-outs of like Windows Media Player. I remember and they that. Were awful. I remember that era. Yeah, yeah. It was, they were t- very tiny. Yeah. Hardy with an arm dragged into an arm bar. Devon up, duck under flying forearm. Irish whip, spinning back elbow by Devon. The announcers talk about what they think the ladies are going to be wearing tomorrow, Quinn. Ew. Dirty old man. Because it's like fucking Moolah and shit. That's, like, yeah. that's what made it disgusting. Ah, I wonder what they're going to wear. I wonder what Mae Young's going to wear. It's like, <laughs> what? Ew. Uh, Sunset flip by Harvey gets two. Devon pops up with a clothesline. Devon eats boot on a corner charge. Hardy leaps off but gets power slammed for two. Awesome spot, and literally no one cares because it's 1999. Exactly. Abdominal stretch, but sadly, Gorilla Monsoon no longer with us to complain about how it's mm. applied. He had just passed away the yeah. month earlier, actually. Oh, uh, wow. We're fresh off it, Fresh huh? off that. Harder reverses because it was improperly applied, obviously, and uh, <laughs> Devon tosses him over the ropes. As Kelly wants to show us some DX stuff, but there's a match right <laughs> now. He's like, I want to see the DX. <laughs> like, let's say, what? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Bubber waddles over now, but Teddy bitches at him for that. So Matt Hardy lands an awesome DDT on the floor and tosses Devon in for a very close two count. But Devon regains control and goes up, misses a headbot. Bubber jumps up on the apron, but Terry comes over to distract him. Meanwhile, Hardy reverses a suplex into the neckbreaker thing for the win. No one cares. Literally, who cares? Yeah, literally. Like, literally. Who cares? <laughs> now, Jess Harvey comes in and they double team Devon. As we get another crummy Titantron live commercial, and then we get the Spyro the Dragon 2 rewind. Nice of Spyro to find this rewind clip this week, right? <laughs> yeah, very nice of him. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago on Smuckdown, 
Vic McMahon accidentally whacked Austin with the title belt instead of hitting Triple H. Cool. <laughs> Austin then got very huffy, but Vince insisted it was an accident. As we go back to metal now, where the announcers recap what we just saw, and then they throw to Raw from last week, where Vince is still insisting it was an accident. Austin doesn't give a shit, though, and wants to beat his ass anyway. And Which Vi- he should. Yeah, but Vince is like, wait a damn minute. Yeah. To prove that he's not lying, well, I don't know what this means. To prove that he's not lying, he's going to be the guest ref at a Survivor Series match. But he wants to prove he likes Austin. <laughs> Why are they being so cordial for 1999? <laughs> like, what? I seriously, like, I swear, like, three months before this, he, like, revealed that he, like, almost, like, sacrificed his daughter uh, so he could get back at Austin using a death cult that he hired, like, and was, like, in cahoots with Satan Taker, all this shit. Like, wh- how? What is this? Why are they friends? Five months earlier, Quinn. Sorry. Uh, Still, it takes a long time to forgive someone for something like that. I wouldn't say they're friends. Austin doesn't like him. Yeah, but they're He's working. Not like, Why are they working together? It's just that Vince wants Austin to like not be mad at him. If I was Austin, I would just like point and laugh at his problems with Triple H. Like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even get involved. I would just be like... Ha. He's trying not to be. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he, do, he just wants to win the belt. It's like, Austin. I'll deal with The Rock or whatever, but like, I, I'm not fucking talking to you like <laughs> and i, I want to talk about this angle but i will do it in the second here um meanwhile triple h got all mad at vic backstage and then meanwhile x-pac was facing the rock and he did his like shitty bunk bronco buster but the rock just simply kills him with the rock bottom to end all that shit jr's yelling now as dx storms the ring and attacks the rock yeah Ugh, it's like the dx shitty edition yeah you know, heel what, triple you know crony, what i mean crony edition like, this right this would lead into like dx 2000 yep. or whatever the corporate fuck they DX. Is horrible i know it's bad they're so junk at this point <laughs> Like, they're past seriously. their expiration yeah. date. Really? Seriously. Yeah. Pedigree by Triple H, and then we cut to Triple H defending his title later that night against Vince's future son-in-law, Test. That worked out well. Yeah, it did, didn't yeah. it? Shane was the special ref, and we get a pedigree by Triple H, but Shane hopped out to talk to the timekeeper, Vince McMahon. So rather hilariously, the heel Triple H just comes over and beats the shit out of Vince and Shane. It's yeah. funny. And no, and people are cheering. Well, because he's like, what the fuck? Uh, you know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. Vince is acting like a heel still. Like, it's just weird. Yeah, again, it, it, it's very strange because I want to root for Triple H in this. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, fuck those two. It's like, yeah. Shane's a crooked ref. Yeah. But just as a face crooked yeah, ref. Like, it's like that. Yeah, it's like, why? No. <laughs> that doesn't make me want to root for right. you. Right. Triple H heads back to the ring where the where uh, Test is still out. So Vince runs in with the title belt, nails Triple H with it, puts Test on top. Vince hilariously throws Shane back in to make the count. But Triple H, I'm going to give him credit. With one of his classic, like, by the skin of his teeth, near-fall kickouts. Yeah. He was good at that. It's true. I think we've said, like, him Triple and Jericho. H, Triple H and Jericho were amazing at something like that. And this is during a period of time where Triple H was very good. Remember, yes. pre-quad. Definitely. He's excellent. Way like, better. 99 to 01. Anyway, mm-hmm. Test lands his pump handle slam, heads all the way up top with a flying elbow, but Road Dog suddenly appears on the Titantron with a dumb hat on, and he's out. <laughs> it's real. He's outside of a door. He's like, oh, Stephanie McMahon's having the time of her life, implying like an orgy with DX. And then we get like a very serious Kevin Kelly announcer. He's like, DX had staged a horribly inappropriate scene with who we thought was Vince's daughter, Stephanie. DX had staged a horribly inappropriate scene with what we thought was Vince's daughter, Stephanie. Now, the best thing here is that they, they show that, right? Yes. And they never tell us what happened, you know, in a WWF title match. They just ignore that. Like, Well... The, the implication he, is that Tess saw that and ran backstage. Yeah, but Jr. was just like, "Her now is called WWF title," and like, and then they just, well, I don't know what happened. Did Tess win the belt? No. Like, I know that, but my point is, if I'm a viewer 
1999. You're watching more than this, so you know that he didn't win the belt. Come on, no one's only watching this. <laughs> no, they might be. No one that watched Raw is watching this. No one watched what this, about I think, the guy is the point. that's been only watching no the syndication since, like, 82 or something, and he just, like, this is what, this is all he has left, is metal. He's heating up his grilled cheese sandwich <laughs> yeah. in the commercial breaks. It's like, this. I watch the wrestling every day. It's, like, syndicated on Saturdays or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's just, this is all he's got. Like, and now, now he's like, fuck, there was a title <laughs> match. I don't even know who won. <laughs> All right. Let's. <laughs> apparently, we find out yeah. on SmackDown that the lady wasn't Stephanie. It was a joke, and it was a, a Penn State drama student. Which uh, I'd like to remind everyone right now: none of this was written by Vince Russo, so don't right. blame him for this crap. Okay, you this is post Russo. You know what's weird about this whole thing? Honestly, all of it. Well, why? Why should we be rooting for this millionaire that like? doesn't want his daughter to date a guy that's like below her class isn't it like the opposite how that usually works in a story like you want the guy that's like the gruffy like like triple h is like you want him to date stephanie yeah but that wasn't part of the angle yet no oh it wasn't no, it, no, no. they were suggesting it here already no, so maybe no, no. i'm just putting it all together it wasn't, it wasn't okay. yet no yeah he was feuding with test gotcha. and stephanie okay there was no like hints of that okay uh, not that i remember but anyway on smackdown there was some eight-man tag going on and it basically it, it came down to the rock and test versus triple h arnold schwarzenegger was on commentary of course with king and cole triple h with a low blow on testicle here but rock <laughs> breaks up the count paul h then tosses earl out of the ring which is fine with me austin comes flying by with the chair but he nails the rock by mistake so arnold gives austin another chair so he can nail triple h and put test on top and austin counts the pin so wait why is austin also a, i don't understand anything that's happening 1999 everybody like, what the fuck it's not so russo like again remember three months of five months ago the death cult and <laughs> stephanie on a on a taker thing your yeah, taker's like, gone now like how many things happened too many. There was a union at some point. Don't bring like, that up, There's Quinn. so much. <laughs> Don't bring that up. After the match, Triple H tried to attack Arnold, but Schwarzenegger kicks his ass, and then Austin comes over to raise Arnie's hand before uh, celebrating with some Steve Weisers together. But tomorrow, Survivor Series, Triple H, the champion, defends against The Rock and Austin with Vince as the special ref in a triple threat match. And then we get a promo for WWF The Music Volume Four, including ass match. It's real. Yes, uh, the <laughs> number four worst thing yes. ever. Uh, we're back now where sexual chocolate hits and Mark happily, like happily comes out to a big ovation. It's wonderful. <laughs> Love you, Mark. Seriously, never appreciated him yeah. ever. It's amazing how we've overlooked, like we look back every day. He always gets a pop. Like, he's always good. He's always, like no one ever has a problem with him, even though like on the internet, everyone hated him. Yeah. Tom Pritchard, Kevin Kelly back here with you on WWF Metal. Super heavyweights are going to do battle as we count down the hours to Survivor Series live this Sunday on pay-per-view. The only version of him that's not good is Olympian, like, 96 that one version. stinks, but other than that, like, from that, from that point on, great. Always good. Yeah. Um, this is a super heavyweight four corners match. So next up, we have Prince Albert, who is still carrying, like, his tattoo briefcase. Nobody cares. No, no one cares. Yeah. Now we have... Crash Holly with his scale and everything. I love him. He rules. So He's so good. You know, I thought this was weird because the way they were promoting the match beforehand, they were yeah. saying like, all these guys versed Crash Holly. Why didn't he come out last? That's what I thought too. Yeah. I was I like, was, why this is, is third? confusing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And finally though, the fourth to his shitty music is very shiny viscera. <laughs> it's like the fat raincoat edition. <laughs> this happened to Mabel in the street? Did, like, Satan take her do yes. something to... But what? They abducted him. What did him. he even do? They made him part of the cult. <laughs> they gave him a coat? 
Like, like, <laughs> that's the only thing they did. They gave him like white contact lenses. Like that's all they did. He can't see shit now, yeah. and he doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe they got dummy. Maybe looks. once the contacts come out, he can see the light. Yeah, and then he's Big Daddy Five or yeah, whatever, Big right? Big Daddy Five. Um, Earl Shitty is our referee here as he announces <laughs> rundown. Big Show's dad fake dying, and how <laughs> I can't even believe this got brought up. <laughs> Big Boss Man not only interrupted the Tambell salute and read a horrible poem, then he interrupted the funeral. The whole thing was hilarious. <laughs> so good. It's almost as funny as when he fed the dog or whatever to Al Snow. Yeah, he was on a streak, he wasn't he? He had a streak he? of being an ass. Uh, Crash and Albert start since flip by Crash. Albert choke tosses him right out of the way there. Splash misses. Crash slugs away. Viscera now tags in as Albert misses a charge in the corner. Viscera aval- avalanches both uh, Albert and Crash in the corner. Lands a belly to belly on Crash for two. But Mark Henry comes in to break it up. All four guys brawl now as Viscera just kills Crash with the Samoan drop. Henry gets double teamed by Viscera and Albert. Uh, so much fatting around. A lot of like, fatting around. So much of it. There's a lot of fat here. <laughs> Crash heads all the way up top. Lends a very nice frog splash on Henry for two. Irish whip now by Mark Henry and a big toss followed by a splash off the ropes. He tries another, but Albert comes in with a scissor kick. And now Viscera lands a big fat splash on Mark Henry, followed by another. Crash decides to capitalize on that and falls on top of Mark Henry for the win. This was goofy and fun, so whatever. It was fine, like, yeah, right? It, was, it didn't Quick. offend me. Yeah. No. Uh, Viscera and Albert then toss Crash out of the ring as Crash triumphantly takes his scale and leaves. Meanwhile, Kevin Kelly doesn't even care. He's just like, bye, Survivor Series! Yeah, like, right? didn't, like, it wasn't like good win by no. Crash. Or it's just, hey, did, hey, Survivor Series! Like, you, it's so 1999 with this shit. You better buy it! Yeah, uh, We get another promo for, you know, the biggest event of the year, the 12-5 Hartford show. It's huge. <laughs> it's the biggest... biggest. Remember, everyone was talking about it. Oh, hell yeah. yeah I, was, I really... I was, I was contemplating going up to Hartford. Definitely. Having my parents drive me up there, you <laughs> yeah, know? I'm sure they would have loved that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the four-hour drive to yeah. Hartford. Uh, Survivor Series promos next, which was nicely done, but all I can keep thinking is where I want to talk about this. How that triple threat match didn't happen. Oh, it didn't. Austin was run over by oh, Rikishi, right. oh, who had just debuted. He did it for the rock. He did it for the people. See, he just debuted. Wow. <gasps> oh. oh. Wait, I did not put that together. <laughs> he was there. Holy he was shit. There he time. wasn't not there. He debuted the night before. Were there people questioning back? Because I remember people always p- poking holes in this. Like that, the whole Rikishi thing, and now if we he was know, around or not? If he was around, and he definitely was, the he was like one hundred percent around. See, see, like, but that's this is a, a point of contention for a lot of people. This whole thing because the WWF knew all along or long enough that Austin wasn't going to be able to wrestle ah for the neck thing. I don't know when they found out, but it wasn't the day of the show. Yeah. They knew before that. So this was like a, a pretty bad bait and switch. And this is what led to WWF World Champion Big Show that night. That's why no one remembers this triple threat because it never happened. And if it had, that is some star power. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, I saw this and I was like, I swear this happened. Like, it, it because, because, like, honestly, Triple H versus Stone Cold versus The Rock just sounds like a very standard attitude right. era match. Like, it doesn't never sound happened. special, actually. I know. Like, it never happened. Weird. Yeah. Uh, this is where Big Show became the world champion. But anyway, we're back now where Kevin Kelly tells us that WWF Metal is also brought to us by M&M's. Pretty late to be telling us about this, <laughs> but whatever. The WWF Slam Cam. What the hell is Slam Cam? I uh, believe it was a novelty camera, okay. which is like a very cheap digital <laughs> camera. It's like an old webcam. Yeah. Like, well, no, like a uh, like you, you like you pick it up and use it and take pictures. And oh, it's like a picture camera. Yeah. It's not even a video. It was camera. just like a toy novelty camera. I see. And of course, Foot Locker, Mel Phillips' um, favorite. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to check out Sunday Night Heat tomorrow at seven p.m. because it's the pre-show to the Survivor Series. Definitely going to get on that. Yeah. And also, Quinn, 
if you order Survivor Series right now, right, you get the coveted Rock Brahma Bull <laughs> Pewter Pendant. I always hated shit. Like, you know what that I is? This. <laughs> That's just something you lose right away. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the dryer. Why? Why do they always like? It's always like the cheapest, like crappiest freak. It's like you might as well give me a fucking piece of paper. It's like something you step on by accident and hurt your well foot. Give me rock toilet paper. This like, is such a waste. I know. Oh, also at the Survivor Series, the Outlaws will be defending the titles that they just won Nobody, against Mankind and Al Snow. None, none of this matters. Outlaws suck by yeah, now. They're like, useless. Honestly, remember the Dudleys like kill them soon. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, they just get rid of them because uh, they're useless. Speaking of horrible, mankind is very irrelevant at this point too. Oh, he doesn't become good again until he becomes Cactus Jack in right. January. Weird. Uh, China's going to be defending against Chris Jericho the IC yeah, the, title. Yeah, our, our favorite mm. gimmick that like ruined Chris Ugh, Jericho. It did. It like fucked it up. And of course, a triple threat plus very bad Survivor Series matches that no one cared about. And that's it. That's the end of the show. And honestly, Quinn, like I said kind of surprised i expected it to be horrible it really wasn't that yeah, bad hectic fast paced very of its time honestly not a huge problem with it no i mean crash got that like sweet victory right that there. was cute it was nice to see uh mark henry right steve blackman always fun mm-hmm. d-lo always fun right that middle match was kind of whatever but harvey versus devon yeah, yeah no one I cared about, care that. about that overall though nice little snapshot of what I would like to call the end of the Russo era, and they're transitioning into the Chris a, Kresge, or yeah, whatever. which was an excellent year, 2000. It was kind of like they were slowly bridging out of the hecticness yeah. and finding the right balance between matches people cared about, which is 99, there were almost none, mm-hmm. and 2000, there's a lot of good matches. Which all that peaked at WrestleMania X7. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and still having enough of the, the great storytelling that 2000 is known for. So they're setting up for a really good year. They're kind of coming off of the doesn't age well period because mm-hmm. a lot of 2000 ages a lot better than 99 that's true so anyway folks we hope this show aged well for you and of course be sure to join us again next week as we romp you through yet again the world of retro wrestling thank you guys so much for being with us here be sure to send us uh anything you want to send us on twitter a comment a question a concern a compliment you do that at ovp podcast you can email us at ovp podcast at gmail.com join the facebook group if you want to donate you can go to patreon.com slash ovp podcast and if you use apple podcast or itunes leave us a review but until next time i'm joe Morata. that's michael quinn and we are out of here see ya Gold medal champion Kurt Angle. If I could describe myself in one word, I'd have to say dedicated. Because anytime I dedicate myself to be the best at something, like I did in amateur wrestling or any other decision I do, I stay focused on that one goal. I followed a simple set of rules that have got me a lot of success in life. I call it the three I's: intensity, integrity, and intelligence. Kurt Angle. The most celebrated real athlete in WWF history. Will you stop?